This week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxson. We're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me the show this week. As ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You okay, mate? Have you come down from your grand final experience yet? Yeah, well, I came down Sunday morning, mate, when I was in work at half past seven. So I've had a day off since. I've been in work solid since the grand final. So I've not really had, had time to sort of. I, I suppose you have had a bit of a come down, actually. I tried to watch the highlights last night, but. I only watched the sort of what all coming out with the lads and the build up and you know that made me a bit teary eyed but I had to turn it off before the game started because I didn't want to see us get beaten and so uh, so yeah it's been a strange strange feeling this week thinking about it and, and what have you but I'm sure I'll I'll get around to watching it again soon but uh, but no yeah I'm, I'm I won't say I was down but um it's a bit, I don't know to be on to be that high like we were like in the tunnel at Old Trafford weren't we interviewing players and then sort of twelve hours later I'm I'm out and about fixing fitting radiators on a Sunday morning, so it was a bit. It was a bit of a come down, mate. It was looking obviously looking back at the day. What a special occasion it was for everyone. How was how was your day? Obviously from from the start to finish. Did you have any do anything special throughout the day, or just turn up at the match? Or um, well, I'll tell you, it was it was good. It was I was thinking about it the, the day after, and like, I was really excited telling my dad a few bits and bobs because obviously when I got to the, the stadium, well, I, I took my mum and dad and my sister. And, uh, we had been quiet after we got to the ground and um, made sure my dad got in all right. And then I, I must say the people at Old Trafford were dead helpful because I said to her, oh, I bought a ticket and I've got a press ticket as well. And they said, don't worry, you can go and sit with your dad, blah, blah, blah. Um, which was, was brilliant. Went in the press room there, saw you in there and speaking to all the BBC guys, like the Trevor Hunt, Bill Kinsella, Alan Hunt was there as well, so I had a good chat with all of them. It was amazing. And then obviously the game was, it was a great game. After the game, we got to speak to, to Watto and, and the lads. And then coming out of the, the ground, we bumped into Brian Carney and a few other people. And uh, no, it was great. I, I spoke to Kevin Brown before the game as well about next year and said, uh, you know, you better get used to me and Rob because we'll be rivaling you every week next season. So he's promised to do us an interview in the lead up to the the new season and then uh, just as I was coming out just after I said goodbye to you uh, there, was a, there was an elderly gentleman in, in front of me waiting for a taxi and he turned around and it was Malcolm Reeler <laughs> and um, he just sort of smiled at me so I said oh did you enjoy the game Malcolm and he, he come over and he must have been talking to me for about five minutes about the match and I just thought wow you know what an absolute rugby league legend he is and we were just there in the street chatting about Salford and I think he's about, about 70 now Malcolm but he still looks fit as a fiddle and he said to me um when I was talking about the game, he said, I wish I could still play. He said, after watching that tonight, I want to go and get my boots on tomorrow morning and go and play. And I just thought that was amazing. So that was, that was a great experience as well, getting to chat to him. And it was just a great day. It really was. You know, everyone I spoke to, I spoke to loads of supporters, to loads of old, people, old friends and that, you know, from years ago. Uh, so Chris Harwood and, and his dad, Nige, and his, his uncle, Mal, coming out. And Chris had flown back over from Australia to watch the game. And, Chris used to stand with me in the, in the corner near the North Stand with my dad so years ago. So I grew, grew up with him watching Salford really. And to see him at the match I thought was, was outstanding. And just all the people, I know I'm waffling a bit here, but all the people that came over, you know, from you know all, all areas of the world, you know, people came from Canada, people came from Australia, everybody came to, to see Salford on, uh, on, on Saturday night and I just thought it was an amazing day. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. You know, I had a fantastic day as well. Uh, like you said, all, all the people that you sort of bumped into uh, sort of round the round the stadium and round the keys. It was kind of I thought it was quite emotional, really. Start of the day, kind of dropped my son off at a, a sort of grammar school. Went for a breakfast, the champions breakfast at Weatherspoons. 
Uh, did a bit of shopping to sort of calm the nerves, calm down a bit, then picked my son up. Went down to Matchstick Man, watched the, the Willows Memories video DVD uh, while having a bit of food. My family, it was really a great occasion. All my family was there, you know, enjoying the moment. And also, you know, met a few of my old sort of mates as well that I used to knock about with uh, Salford, all the people out, out of town Reds, like the Birchwood Reds and the, the Cockney Reds. And, you know, it was, a good, it was a good sort of time to, you know, to be around because obviously we'd all, we'd followed Salford for a long time, haven't we? And it was good to be around your mates and just have a sort of a laugh and sort of remember the, the old days, you know what I mean? Uh, and then obviously at that point, went to Old Trafford, um, sort of met you, went into the, uh, the sort of the press box, didn't we, at the uh, Old Trafford, had a, had a sneaky selfie in there, didn't we, which was really, you know, really good, um, obviously then came, sort of back out Old Trafford, didn't we, in the ground, watched the match, got beat, come out of the game, and we said, we met, we said we'd meet, didn't we, underneath the, uh, you know, like the Munich clock, didn't we, and yeah. I, was, I was sat there, and, you know, people walking past, walking past me, and there was, um, I didn't know, but my wife came out late and said, do people giving sort of sort of money to kids outside? You know, like fans are like trying to sort of make the occasion even more special, which I was I thought was unbelievable. But you know, it's kind of magic moments like that, that you know lights up everyone's everyone's uh, everyone's uh, day, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Even though we lost. Um, so I was waiting for you uh, outside the, the Munich um, clock, and there was a guy with a you know by guys selling flags, and I thought, yeah. shall I buy a flag now? And bring it in press conference from the end, interview a player with it, or shall I wait? So obviously sat and thought about it, but then you turned up, didn't you? And I thought, you know what, I'll buy it when I come out, because there'll be still be food people there, and, you know, the, the merchandise people were there, it'll be fine. So obviously, we went, and went to Old Trafford, didn't we? We interviewed what we interviewed the players, stood in the tunnel for a bit, you know, soaked up all the, all the, all the you know, atmosphere after the game. Uh, left, the, um, left the stadium, didn't we? No, no flag people, no food, no food people. I was like, I could not believe it. I was like, I can't believe I've missed the opportunity here to buy a, you know, get a flag for my son to, to remember the big day. Um, so anyway, I thought, never mind. It's one of them things. Went down and met the other mates in, uh, in uh, Pier Bar, Pier 8 Bar, you know, the Lowry. Had a few beers in there. Um, had, a, had a few more beers. And then we went to town, you know, Cuba. You ever heard of Cuba Bar? Revolution, near Oxford Fraser. Uh, well, it's kind of, I think it's on Oxford Street. I think it is. It used to next to be next door to Old Brannigan's. It's not Brannigan's anymore. It's another. It's another bar. But we went in there. Had a few more beers. Had a good time. Finished about five. In the in. morning. Yeah. I mean, I was. I was get ready for work then. To be fair, I was drinking responsibly all the way, all the, all night. Didn't drop a bit. Didn't drop a, a drop of the alcohol. Uh, got a taxi with army mates. Um, had a sing song in a taxi on the way oh, you know like, like it is special occasion we're all, we're all buzzed up out we're singing along having yeah. a great time uh, waiting for this taxi to come and um, he said it's uh, whatever it was a black um, Toyota or something like that and we were waiting we were waiting we were waiting and eventually it turns up so I jump in the pay the paying seat and uh, we set off and all my mates are singing in the back of the back of this taxi and I'm sat in the paying seat looked with my wallet no money in my wallet so I got to put a turn to the guy who's like a I think, I think he was called um, Steve or something. About twenty-five year old, this guy. And I say to him, "I need, I need. Can you drop me off? I need to get some money for you to pay for this taxi." And he, he carries on driving. He said, "Right, what I'll do? Said I'll pull over here. Right, I'll let you out. There's a cash machine over there. Said if if I move, if I get sort of pulled, I'll move and I'll go around the block and I'll come and pick you up." So I thought, okay, that's fine. So we pull up at the uh, like this whatever this junction, and he points over there to a to a cash scene. So I said, like, okay, mate, jumped out of the, jumped out of the, uh, the taxi, sort of ran over to the, the, tax, the, the cash machine, 
Uh, obviously, look over my shoulder, make sure no one's there. You know, black the, the car's still there, the black, black Toyota, whatever it was, is still there, right? So get my money out, sort of turn around, car's there. So I'm walking back to the, the car, right? And uh, obviously, like you do, you know, you're scrolling through, you're looking at your phone, you're not really concentrating, you know? But what I'll do, I'll get in the car, and I'll, I'll, I'll open the door, and I'll put my seat up, and I'll turn around to the guy, and I'll say, drive. So I've obviously sort of jog, jog, jogged over to the, the car, opened the door, jumped in the car, put my seat out, and turned around to the guy and said, drive. Guess what? Wrong car. Wrong car. This guy, about 50 year old, massive white eyes as, 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 as I jumped in his car, he says, take what you want. I said, take me to sale. He said, I'm not a taxi. And I was like, what? And I, I looked round to expect to see me missus and her mates in the back of the car. It was like this 40 year old woman sat in the back. And I was like, you're right. I'm not in the right, I'm not in the right car. So I got out of the car and he, he spun <coughs> off. And I thought, where's my car? And then they, they pulled over a bit further back. And I thought, oh, and they, were, they ripped me big time. Big, big time. So I got back in the car, had a bit of a, we went, went home, never living that down for the start. So then obviously woke up Sunday and I was rough. I mean, like, really rough. Even though I did drink responsibly and had something to eat as well. Not, not, not the best. Uh, I think they call it, I think in the media, media uh, circuit, they call it tired and emotional. So I was, I was tired and emotional on, on Sunday. And uh, Manchester Marathon was on, wasn't it? So what I did, left my car at work. So I had to <coughs> jump on a tram with all these sweaty runners that had run, run around Manchester. So I wasn't feeling, wasn't feeling the greatest at that point. Right? Picked my car up with my missus and then we drove to my dad's house. Just about started feeling human about sort of tea time-ish. Had my tea. And then obviously realised, thought about my flag and thought, oh, I wonder if anyone can help me. So I put a big shout out on Twitter. I said... Anyone got any flags from the, the grand final? I knew I'm willing to buy some, um, you know, for my son and that. And then luckily for me, one of our listeners, Sammy Lou, tweeted me back and said, you can have a couple of my flags. I've got a couple of spare ones. So I jumped, I jumped back in the car after going home from mum and dad's house and uh, picked these uh, flags up from uh, Sammy Lou. So, yeah, big thanks to her for uh, helping me out getting these flags. And that was the end of my uh, grand final weekend. But it was a really fantastic uh, weekend for everyone. Great seeing all my mates like including yourself you know all, all my old crew as well and uh yeah even though we lost in the grand final it was a fantastic occasion and uh yeah really enjoyed it it was it felt a special day didn't it i mean i mean I had some really special days watching Salford, and then you know it reminded me a bit of my wedding day you know when you like my, my wedding day i like sort of floated round all day and it was weird because the day's all about you, isn't it? And I never, really, I didn't really know how to sort of, um, what's the word? I didn't really know how to accept that because I'm not really like a big sort of attention person. You know, all the attention's on you, sort of thing. It, it was just an amazing day. But the, the grand final reminded me of that day. You know, where where you just float around and loads of good things happen. And mm. no, it was, it was great. I mean, obviously we didn't get the result, but I thoroughly enjoyed the day. I enjoyed the match. I thought the match was, was a great spectacle. And, um, and I, I came away from it really, really proud to 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 follow Solver and um, just hoping we get we get more days like that. But it was an amazing day, it really was. Yeah, like you said, twenty thousand old fans, you know, in in the stadium, really, real massive community feel. I thought, like you say, all the Reds were together and everyone was having fun, and and you know, treated it as like a a big sort of party rather than you know expecting. You know, we all, we wanted to win, but we we just wanted to enjoy the moment, didn't we? Because we don't get big moments like this very often do we Paul and every moment we've been to 
Uh, obviously, you know, first division grand finals and, and the Riva Cup finals. This was super sized compared to that, wasn't it? Really, you know, the whole week and, and even at the, the game day, so many, you know, Sopa fans knocking about. And I think it shows the kind of potential that our club has because obviously, you know, there, is, there was talk of a Man- Manchester club and, you know, we've got record uh, viewing figures on the BBC, record attendance <coughs> at the grand final. I think it kind of puts to bed that Manchester uh, sort of ghost because obviously we are Salford and we've managed to, to pull out this big, big attendance with the help from St. Helens. But I think it shows as well that, you know, these big clubs, the likes of Wigan and, and, and Saints and, and Warrington uh, and Leeds, I suppose, that, that get there every season. There must be a kind of a success fatigue aspect to it because obviously, you know, we, we're, it's there, we're there for the first time, aren't we? And every every Tom Dick Nary have turned up, you know, and had a good time, and we've got a big attendance of it as well. So I, I just think, you know, games like this and sort of days like that will only kind of grow our club uh, and will become bigger and better because of it. Are you trying to steal my thunder again? Do you see my tweet? No, no. What tweet that? <laughs> no, well, mate, you, you nailed it really. Um, I was thinking that on, on on Sunday morning when I was at work, and I was thinking back to the whole Manchester thing and I thought to myself you know I think we just put all that to bed on Saturday night that that we don't need to be Manchester and and, and all those rumours and all that sort of thing can be put to bed once and for all because people will watch Salford Rugby League in, in you know in big matches we've proved there that people will turn out for us and yeah obviously that's you don't want to just roll up as a load of day trippers and never come again do you you want to grow on the back of this now, but I think it proves that the name of Salford is a team worth supporting, and, and people, and people of the public of the local area will get behind Salford with it being the name of Salford. And I think they can fall in love with the name of Salford. And no, I was just thinking about all like the, the things in the local area. You've only got to look at like famous people from the area and the music that's come out of the area, and you know arts and things in, in the society. You know, Salford. It's not a scruffy name. It's it's quite a hip. A hip name in it, Salford. It's not like I don't know where, where. Well, I was born in Rochdale, and Rochdale, whatever happened in Rochdale, really nothing. It's quite a boring sort of one-off town. But Salford's quite a quite a magical place, I think. And um, you know, we've got to sell that to supporters now. And I think we did a great job of it building up to the, the grand final. And um, I, I think we've got to, you know, hopefully on the back of this now, take this into next season. And even if we sort of increase our gates by, see, say we got a thousand of those. 20,000 of them, whenever it was last Saturday, went to Grand Final. Even we've got 1,000 of them to come back next season onto our gates. That gives a huge boost. It really would be a massive shot in the arm for the club and, and help us to grow because people want to be involved in, in days like that, don't they? And you know, youngsters, what, what are we talking about? You know, Salford at the Grand Final. I think it gave the club and the city such a huge boost. The whole the whole sort of playoff, um, the couple of weeks of the playoffs and, and what we did in the playoffs, I think it's given the club. He's put us on the map. I think that's the word I'm looking for. It really has put us back on the map. Yeah, I think what it is, Paul, like you said, I think it's what it is, it's identity now. And what people, the conversations people will have will be different because of the grand final. Because people who have come to Salford before, this is forward into next season, right? <coughs> that conversation where if this grand final hadn't happened, they'd have gone, they fancy Salford this week, and they'd probably gone, oh, we went against Huddersfield and we're rubbish. I'm not going again, right? But because twenty thousand soul fans turned up at the uh, at Old Trafford, put on a you know a very good performance, they gave everything, didn't they? Yeah. So that conversation changes. That conversation goes to: Did you got the grand final? Yes. It was a good game, wasn't it? Yeah. Soul were unlucky. 
they're playing Huddersfield this week. You fancy it? You know what I think tonight, and it, and it kind of it changes the the momentum of that conversation. And I'm sure, obviously, you expect you're hoping the club will do their own work and you know manage to try and attack these people in. Uh, we'll we'll grow our club, and even if we get a thousand, you know, thousand and a half more, that's that's a good that's a success for me because the club have always said that if you get five six thousand, the club's sustainable. So if we can get a couple of thousand or a thousand and a half people <coughs> on top of what we've got. We've got a club that runs itself. You know, there's there's no worries about sort of financial issues about that if the sums are all right. And, you know, it's only going to be good for, for us moving forward. Well, yeah, I think you've got to take the belief out of this season that, that you know, that we've, we've sort of had a, a fantastic belief all season that we can we can do it. And that's what you need in rugby league. Like I keep saying to you, a lot of it's between the years, isn't it? I mean, I know physically you've got to be good and you've got to have talented players, but... I think your attitude will get you a hell of a long way if you've got the right attitude and the right the desire and, and wanting to win. And, and we've got a coach in Water who can who can do that. And I know we've announced some signings this week as well, and I'm very impressed with it, the lads that are coming in. I know we're losing some quite a few players, but I think overall the, the guys that are coming in are you know just as good in certain positions. So we've got to believe that we can we can do that again next season. Now we've had that experience of playing that intense sort of level of football in the in the playoffs. I mean. That could stand us in good stead for next year, and hopefully now the players that are still there next season that played in this grand final, they're going to have that hunger to return to Old Trafford. I mean, they've got unfinished business now. They want to go one better next time and, and win it. I think once you've had a taste of that sort of success, now you want to keep going back in and getting more. It'd be like a drug, won't it? I mean, if you've done anything at a high level, you want to get back there, don't you, and do it again. So, I think the grand final, the whole experience of the grand final, the playoffs this season, has, has shunted the club forward. You know, a few years really. You know, we talk about this five-year plan and what have you, but I think we've sort of leapfrogged a few years now in, in a good way as well. So, uh, yeah, it, it all bodes well for next season, Bob, and I think it's going to be another exciting one. Yeah, it gives you it gives you a roadmap, doesn't it? Because we we know what it well we know we don't know the players know what it what it takes to get there, and they know that in certain games they need to find another gear because player football. We, we we watched it, didn't we? Playoff football is another gear. Like semi final, grand semi final is another gear. Grand final was was another gear. And they know in set in themselves they have that gear to go to. When before I thought they thought they didn't know whether they had that extra gear, but they have. So next season when the games are tight against teams like Old Kingston Rovers, like Wakefield, like Huddersfield, people who are going to be roundabout sort of sort of the sort of the middle eights, the sort of the top eight. You know, we go up a gear, we win the game. And it shows in, in this run that the, the boys have got it in them. And, you know, it's only going to get, you know, better for me. Like I said, our profile's bigger uh, now because of this. You know, players have, have better, must have confidence now in their ability that they can get to a sort of a grand final. They can beat anyone at any point. So, you know, I think it's a, a fantastic thing that happens to this club. Uh, we didn't win. Uh, but you know we did win in the end. We we won we won the occasion and we won the won the moment and you know that's what it's all about. Yeah, it is. And I mean, if you look back to the week leading up to the grand final, I mean, what a magical week that was. You know, the newspapers were full of rugby league and you know full of us as well. I mean, Manchester Evening News. You know, credit to them. It's 
been fantastic what they've put. You know, Tom's done a great job there, hasn't he? Doing his um, his reports and his previews and his interviews. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I've been buying it every week and saving it for my scrapbook. And I think it was something great to look back in years to come. Plus all the media coverage on Sky, on the BBC, ITV News, things like that. I mean, the whole build-up to the grand final, it was very, very special. And, you know, if you're a player as well, going to those media days, going to Old Trafford, having a walk around the pitch and stuff like that, how special must you feel? You know, it's like, you know, like being a Premier League footballer, isn't it? You know, you're getting the adulation and sort of the fame that they get. And if you're a player at Salford, you know, like say Chris Wellen and Joey Lussick and people like that are going to be there next season, you'd be craving that again. You're thinking, wow, I want a bit of this again next year. It's been an amazing week. All right, we've lost the game, but what an experience to experience this, to experience this, this sort of... Um, this grand final bubble that we was in for that week, I want to, I want more of that, and I want to do that again. And I think as a supporter as well, you ask, you know, the floating supporters who went on on Saturday, they'd be delighted to go for something like that again, wouldn't they? And watch us. And I know we've got to tap into them, get them to come to the bread and butter league league games and that. But I think a grand final can can change the way you look at the sport, and sort of change the way I look at it. I mean, it must be great if you get to the, you know, for, for like, say you're a Saint or a, or a Wigan supporter. You get to these these big finals every year. It must be fantastic because just to get to that to that final for me, it, it was it was an amazing feeling watching Salford walk out of Old Trafford. It, you know, nearly had me in tears. It was it was fantastic. My heart was pumping out my chest watching what all the lads out. It really was awesome. Yeah, I think what it is, Paul. You know, we talk about players <coughs> and belief in, in in themselves and, and putting in performances. I think us fans as well. We've bought we've got a bit of belief now because we've seen our team win big close games when before we might not necessarily have done that very often apart from the million pound miracle really but in high pressure cooker games we come out on the on the right side so that's a that's in the memory bank for us fans so when the anxiety is high and we're not we're struggling and we don't know like we're going to win we can think back to these moments and think you know what we did it in the semi-final against Wigan we'll go and do it again and it's that and then our anxiety is less the players then feel less anxious because we're not feeling anxious uh, and it only grows from there for me. Yeah, well, you could be right there when you mentioned the million pound game because, you know, if you think back sort of over the years, we've been sort of a me- mediocre club really, haven't we? And, you know, I always used to look at it and think, bloody hell, Salford, they always let you down. They build you up to, to let you down. You go, you take a decent follow and you get to a cup semi, Sheffield knocking you out or or whatever. And that's how, how I always used to think of Salford. I mean, I, I love them, don't get me wrong, but they always used to let us down and, never really do the business and then thinking back to 2016 that million pound game it seemed to change everything for me I mean that, that day I mean I know we didn't win anything that day it was a mediocre sort of relegation game between two very poor teams all care and Salford have been poor all season we ended up in that um, bit of mitigation with us because we had a, a points deduction didn't we but um, nevertheless we, we was in that but you know after that day we seemed to the mentality of the club seemed to change slowly. We had a good season the year after. Our oh, last season was a bit of a poor season. But under Wattle, we just do seem to have that belief that we can go away for a while and win matches. And we don't seem to fear anybody anymore. I mean, I've said it to you a few times. I mean, how many games have we won under Ian Watson? Away from home against big sides who really, we probably should have had no right to beat, really. You look at Warrington twice this season. On paper, they've got you know some superstars in that side. And we went there and pummeled them. And you look at the playoffs, what we did in the playoffs, you know, to go to Wigan and beat the champions, not just beat them, but just take them apart. I mean, that you've got to get that belief from somewhere, and perhaps, I might be wrong, but perhaps thinking back, perhaps it was that million-pound game that, that gave the club 
that sort of belief to go forward. I know all the, the players, quite a lot of the players have gone now that we're in that side, but perhaps it's just something that stems from the, from the, the side now, the Salford side. I tell you, Paul, that million pound miracle was the fork in the road for us, and we mm. took and we took the right fork at that, at that point. And from then on, we we we've built on that. And there's, like you said, there's, there's a belief now that you know we, we, we the players believe they're good enough. The players believe that they are you know good enough playing a grand final because they got there. And us fans believe our team's good enough to go out and win a game when they, when they really need to. When the chips are down, it will happen. And then that's that's the change. I think the switch from a team that used to hope that that you'd get a result to a team that believes it can get a result. And that's where we are. I, I think we, we, we're on a you know upward sort of curve at the moment. You know, <coughs> and you know it's a fantastic time to be a soul fan. We'll bask in this glory for you know for the off season, uh, and then we'll start again in February, and we'll. Uh, you know, rattle a few more cages because that, that's what it's all about. It's all about you know making an impression uh, and and putting us where we need to be. Yeah, well, like I say, you, you do you bask in the glory, but rugby league, you know, it, it changes overnight, doesn't it? And you're only as good as your last game, is, is my saying. And my dad's always said that as well. You know, you go to next season and and you will that grand final will be forgotten. Really, it'll be forgot- <clears throat> excuse me, will be forgotten by other clubs. No one gives a gives a toss about that next season. Either. You know, you lost in the grand final, and they won't. The respect from that will soon go. I know at the moment people are patting us on the back and that, but as soon as the twenty twenty season starts, that all gets put aside. Then and you've got new goals for that season. So yeah, you're basking it now, but you've got to look forward and look at the bigger picture as well. But like we keep saying to each other, it's it's done us the world of good, and um, you know I'm looking forward now to. Yeah, a bit of time off watching the internationals and watching how Watto and Jackson and, and Josh Jones do over there in New Zealand. But uh, I'm also looking forward to a little rest before the 2020 season starts as well. Yeah, I think what it is the, pe- the rub- people in the rugby league bubble might forget, but the people in the Salford bubble. Oh no, no, no! And that, that's the important thing for us. If we want to reach out to you know these people in the Salford Manchester area, you know they they won't forget because you know 20,000 people turned up and and they don't they don't they weren't like they were just sort of like switched and, and just rocked up mechanically and bought a ticket. And they'll, you know, they all had an emotional attachment to, to this. And, that, and that's the kind of, you know, the possibility where <coughs> our club could, could go. We, we could easily, you know, if we do go on another sort of few years of mad runs, we could end up filling the AJ Bell Stadium easy peasy every week. Well, yeah, well, you look at the... Um... The sort of exposure that the club got, you look at the signs on like the Mancunian Way and Regent Road around there, that big screen that they have down there, and the um, the billboards and, and posters that they had around the city. I, I come, where was I working? I was working around Moss Side, I think was it last week. Yeah, the, the grand final. Oh, it might have been after we beat, it was after we beat Wigan. So it would have been the start of the week leading up to the grand final, and then it was coming down the Mancunian Way, and there was a sign there saying Salford are in, and it was Jackson Hastings, you know, advertised us in the grand final. I was like, wow. I nearly like swerved me van. I was like, give me eye on that one. Well, I'd love to have took a picture, but obviously you can't give your phone while you're driving, can you? But um, it, it'd have been amazing to do that. So it, it was, it really did capture the imagination. And, and that does, like like you say, it puts the, the team on the map and people are like talking about us. And I think once that pe- people start talking about, you know, people who don't necessarily get involved with rugby, once they start talking about you, you know, people want to be associated with, with a side that's successful, don't they? And winning things and getting to finals and, you know, they, they, they sort of look at the characters in the side, then don't look at, like, so Jackson Hastings and Musick and Evels and people like that. And, you know, it, it's, it can only grow the club, to me, getting to a final like that. It can only grow you and it gives you that attention and, and people want to buy into that. And, uh, yeah, 
yeah, I've got a, a really positive feeling that you know we're going to sell quite a few season tickets on the back of that now. Oh yeah, I I, I think they will. Obviously, the club are sort of all fired up, ready to you know send out the you know the videos and you know um, advertising stuff and. You know, that, that's good. They're, they're all switched on. They're already. They all know what what they need to do. And, they, and to be fair, it's all quality stuff they're pumping out as well. So there's half a chance it'll probably go viral. So everyone will see it, even if they're not kind of interested in rugby. And then at least we're kind of in their the people's heads that we exist again. You know what I mean? So yeah, happy with uh, happy with everything. Uh, special grand final day, but but uh, defeat. But I don't think it was uh, was was a bad day. It was a fantastic day, really. It's a special day today. I, I won't forget, mate. Yeah. It's uh, you know driving home to be meeting my dad home and my kid. It was uh, you didn't feel like you lost. I didn't feel like I lost. I didn't really feel down. It was only the next day like, when I, I had a bit of time to think when I was, I was out and about in the van and um, I thought, man, we, we come eighty minutes away from winning the league and he's gone now and the opportunity's gone and you start to you have like sobering thoughts then, don't you? But you know, I suppose you have them about any game, don't you? When we lost the cup semi-final a couple of years ago, it was only 80 minutes making, well, 40 minutes, we wouldn't have a time. But uh, that's just the way it goes, isn't it? But I, I couldn't have left that ground feeling any prouder than what I did. I mean, we'll probably talk about the game shortly, won't we? But it was a very proud proud day to be a soft support. I could have done with a sobering fart when I got in the wrong car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. But did then people think you were going to mug him or something? Yeah, I, I, just, I just thought to myself, oh, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it a joke. I just turn around and say, drive. So I didn't even look at the guy. I just got in the car, sort of put my seatbelt on, turned around to the guy. I said, drive. And he was like, Matt. How come he had someone sat in the back of his car then? I've no idea. I don't well, know. He sounds a bit dodgy in that one. Well, did well getting out of there. You could have been, you could have been involved in a right depraved <laughs> situation there. <laughs> I'm missing. Yeah, could have done. That would have been, that would have been a problem if I'd have gone missing. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So uh, what we'll do now, Paul? We'll, we've got interviews with Jake Bibby, George Griffin, uh, Greg Burke, and Joey Lusick. We've got Ian Watson in coach's corner. We've got your amateur report, and then we have all the big news uh, coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. So what we'll do? I think we'll start uh, with the game. Uh, against St. Helens in the grand final. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils were defeated in the grand final. They were defeated, it finished, Salford 6, St. Helens 23, Paul. What a brave performance from our boys. 1-17, to they gave everything... And we can't ask for anything more than that. Special no, not, not at all. No. And, you know, as, as fans, that's all we ask for, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's that's right. Yeah, I think um, we didn't really get off on the front foot, did we? We made a mistake early on and it allowed St. Helens onto the, the front foot. And they, they were pretty quick on the way they played the game. I thought they were outstanding the pace they played that match. I mean, a few weeks ago, I listened to the Wigan game. I'm not that Sky anymore. I listened to the Wigan game on the radio, the Wigan Saints game. And somebody said in that game it was like watching an NRL side in St. Helens, the way they absolutely floored Wigan. They played at such a pace. And <coughs> excuse me. They played at that pace on, on Saturday in the grand final. But we live with them. And I don't think there's anybody else in Super League that probably would live with them at the moment, apart from us. So that's that's great testimony to, to us. You know, how far we come as a club to, to live with a side as good as them. And, you know, they only scored three tries. And... They, they, they had enough ball to win about five games, didn't we? But our defence, particularly in that first half an hour, I thought it was absolutely outstanding. They, they threw everything at us, St. Helens, and oh, they scored a couple of tries, but 
the goal line defence was so brave at times, they were defending for their life. I, I thought some of the calls were a bit iffy early on. I thought they, they got a few few you know, dubious decisions or maybe not dubious, but fifty fifties that could have gone either way and you know, if they got went our way it could have uh, could have changed the score but uh, but no I thought thought the performance from one to seventeen was heroic. Yeah, I think like you said, Saints super super fast, super aggressive. Game management that that first twenty minutes they, they managed that game fantastically. We we talked there was a lot of talk about belief in, in the uh, in sort of build up to the game and how we believe we were gonna win it. I, I thought that sort of belief carried us in that, that 20 minutes. Saints do everything but the kitchen sinkers in, in that first 20 minutes, trying to <coughs> get that, you know, them early scores and get that kind of uh, kind of buffer. But we didn't let them go, did we? And like you said, you can't be prouder of the boys for me in, in that in that first sort of 20, 25 minutes. Um, I know obviously Noel scored the first try off a kind of a short ball, but, you know, I suppose St. Ellen, they've got so much talent, haven't they? You know, it's such so hard to, to figure out who's going to get the ball at certain points. And it was just a misread, and, and Knowles went over, and it's just a, you know one of the things. But for me, at that point, I thought to myself, "Here we go, Saints will come again, uh, and they'll try and blow us out of the water." But it didn't happen. We stood our ground, uh, and we gave them we gave them as much good as they got in that first twenty-five minutes. We did. We kept defending. It was a nice pass from Warms and that to to Knowles to put him over, and you know it was it was a quality pass that it was right out of the top drawer, and you know a well-deserved try for them to to um, to cap off their, their dominant spell in the game. But no, we, we dug our heels in there and I thought we defended particularly well. And we didn't have much possession though. We really didn't. And I don't know, for me, I thought Saints got away with quite a bit of lying on. And yet when they were playing their ball, the referee, Chris Kendall, was sort of making us jump off straight away and give, giving them a quick play of the ball. So mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was a tough one really. And we didn't really have any opportunities because we didn't have any decent field position, any decent territories to test St. Helen. So it was really us on the back foot. And then obviously that ball went in the air and Ken Seo... I thought he got tackled in the air. I thought that's a penalty all day long in, in the Super League. And obviously, we didn't get the decision. It was a big call. And uh, they scored from the scrum there. I thought it was poor defending, really. Zed Taylor sort of ran at the referee. And that was a poor try to concede that one, I thought. Mm, I, I agree with that. Obviously, you know, talking about defenders, I thought Chris Wellham was, was immense in that first 10 minutes. They, they kind of went down that side, testing him and, and George Griffin out, made two or three, you know, uh, try saving tackles to, to keep us in, in the game early doors. But like you said, that second try from Settlements from the scrum, you know, we talk about grand final rugby, we talk about uh, sort of pressure moments, we talk about being switched on. And I think it was a bit of us not being switched on and Saints sort of trying something different that, that gave them that try. Kind of 50-50 whether it was we should have been switched on, why weren't we looking at that side of the field? Or, but in, in that situation, really, do you? Because I suppose you have hundreds of scrums every every every. Every every one hundred scrums every game, but you have you know five or six maybe. So you're not really thinking about the blind side, aren't you? But Saints are a sort of world class side who were used to playing in these big games, and they exploited that, didn't they? They did, they did, and it's it's a tactic that I'd like to see exploited more because you watch the games on telly or, or, or whatever, and the amount of times I've sat watching Miss Miss Sky get when I did have Sky. When you, you sat there watching other teams, you think, oh, go blind. So you don't always see it when your team's playing, but teams don't often use it. And, and, and sometimes the opportunity there, isn't it? You've got like sort of, you've got more numbers than them. And that they went for that. They, they, they tested that their arm there, didn't they? And, you know, credit to him. It was, it was a good finish. Like I said, I, I thought it was harsh on, on CO because it, it looked like a, a, an unfair challenge. But I've not seen it back. So, 
I'm not going to comment on that. He's one of them things that he's gone now. But even after that, I thought we kept on fighting. You know, at 12 nil down, we could have um, we could have we could have um, put our heads down there really, couldn't we? And you know, look at the, the Wigan game. Wigan, I think, were 26 points to nil down in the St. Helens' last fixture, so they blew Wigan away in that first half. There was a, there was a chance that we were going to try and do that to us, but I think you know our relentlessness and resilience in, in defence was was top notch. I think Chris Wellham did a couple of ball and all tackles. Logan Tompkins was throwing himself at everything that ran at him, and George Griffin. He tackled everything that moved, I think, on, on, on Saturday. So uh, our defence really had to dig in there. And then obviously we got a chance then to, to score ourselves. We got a bit of field position. Yeah. What what I thought, 12-0, Paul, we looked like we were starting to gas a bit. But to be fair, I wasn't surprised because Saints had, had, had given us a right good going over in that first 20 minutes. What, <coughs> what changed it for me, Walker came on for us and he started making metres down the middle and started offloading, which gave Saints doubt in their defence. So he came on, we got play off, we played off the back of him. Um and obviously at that point we got a bit of field position. Uh we had the Lola here disallowed try. Um which I thought was a bit it's probably the right decision because Tompkins is in their line. But the Saints player engages with Tompkins by grabbing him and throwing him out of the way. So it is the right decision. Referee gives the right decision, but <coughs> I think he gives it because the Saints player grabs him. If you don't grab it, don't grab him, then you don't give it and we score. But that's that's the way it is. I thought it was great play from two and all here. Oh yeah. It was fantastic play from the only thing that riled me a bit with it was yeah, you know, to the letter of the law it might have been the right decision, but it just got me that in the game, Satan seems to get all the decision. Every fifty fifty went their way. I mean, look at the CO track. Yeah, he tackled C it looked like he tackled CO in the air. But yet St. Helens again got the, the decisions seemed to go their way. That's a 50-50, but again it went their way. The Lola here one went their way. Nothing, you know, you think in a game it'd even itself out and you'd get a few decisions. And we didn't seem to do in that match. You know, there's a couple of other incidents in the second half we're going to talk about shortly. We didn't seem to get any of them. And I don't know, I think the players felt perhaps a bit short-changed. I don't think we got a fair, fair crack of the whip. I mean, I'm not taking anybody from St. Helens. They're a great side of deserve to win the game but uh, I just think we could have kept it a bit closer if we'd have been given the chance and yeah. I didn't I didn't think we got that chance really I thought I'm not, I don't like slagging referees off but perhaps it's pushed me I just didn't think anything sort of, none of the bounce of the ball or the rub of the green went that way in that match yeah well you can't you, that's fate in it you can't you can't sort of you know what you've had no influence on, on that it's just the way the cookie crumbled but, but for me obviously a lot of people talk about uh, you know, being held down to play a ball and us not sort of be, being held too held down too long. But I watched the back back a couple of times, not the whole match, but highlights. And the difference was Saints players always landed on the front, always got up to play the ball quick, so we couldn't hold them down. And the other way around, we were kind of landing on our front, on our side, slightly sort of skew if at the play a ball, so we have to readjust before we make sort of play the ball. And you know, it, it's things like that that sort of make the difference because you're adding sort of two seconds onto your play the ball which means you're not got the same momentum people were going nuts because the Saints weren't being up, sort of brought back sort of 10 metres and there is video sort of picture evidence on Twitter of that happening whether that happened every set I don't know but Saints are a good side they know how to play in grand finals they know what the referee's weaknesses is and they know, <coughs> they, know they have the ability to, 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 to bum rush teams which is what they tried to do in that first 20 minutes and we stood firm um, but like you said, Lola here tried this allowed, but we did get on the score sheet 
shortly after. Great try from Jake Bibby. Lovely work, I thought, from Lola here, who was our best half-back on the night for me. Uh, Jackson Aces gave it to Bibby, who, who shoulder, shoulder dummy and crashed over uh, for a moment, which all us fans will remember forever. Yeah, I've still not watched it back yet. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm desperate to watch that back now, just to hear the roar of the, uh, the crowd. And I think that was credit to us because we didn't let our, uh, our heads drop there. You know, you'd had that try chart off from, from all here. And, you know, that was a big moment in the game. I mean, I was celebrating that like uh, I won the bloody lottery. <laughs> and Lollaria went, oh, I think everybody else was round us. And then to, it's that dreaded thing when I spotted the referee quite early. Because I always look at referees when they try it, when you think you score, just to check it's all right. And I could see him signalling obstruction. And there was loads of people around me still cheering. I thought, no, oh, it's, it's obstruction. And uh, never mind. But but no, our heads didn't drop, did they? And uh, you know, credit to us, we kept on fighting. And it was only a few moments later that Jake went over for that try. And you know, it was a, it was a great atmosphere and the roar that went up then. And Kristen Inu nailed the uh, the kick off the touchline as well. It's twelve six, and we were right back in that game. And I think we had St. Helens Rock in there for that sort of ten minutes spell. Yeah, twelve six. We had the wind in our sails there. We got to half time. And I, I thought, I believed, I thought, we're, we're going to win this. If we score next, we'll win this. Spoke to Mike Burke, spoke to his dad, said, if we, we score next, we'll win this. And everyone had that same kind of feeling going into that second half. Fortunately for us, Percival <coughs> scores an individual try out of nothing, which kind of edges Saints clear to me. Unfortunately, there was nothing wrong with it. There's nothing we can look and think, oh, it could have been obstruction. It was a perfectly good try. Good kick. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes grand finals are won by sort of individual moments of magic. And it seems like this one was. Yeah, yeah, it was a good kick through, that teasing kick through. And, you know, we, we, we failed to deal with that then. And um, For me, though, another big turning point was um, not long after that, Joey Lussick came on and kicked a fantastic 40-20. Um, and when that went into to touch, it seemed to lift the, the players, it lifted the crowd. I thought, 18-6, if we can score here, we're right back in the game again. And I think, I don't know who it was at the play of the ball who got done for a knock-on. Was it Dudson yeah. at the play of the ball? And again, another 50-50. You know, there was, there was hands in there, there was, there was players all over him, wasn't there? And I was um, oh, spitting chips at that decision. Huh. <laughs> But, I needed a bleak machine there, I'm tell you. But, <laughs> right. No, I've not, I'm, like I said, to be fair to Chris Campbell, the referee, I've not seen that back, so I don't, I don't really know whether it was the right decision or not. But it was it was a shame, really, because uh, you know, a try there would have really set up a grandstand finish. But St. Helens, for me, had us at arm's length and they kicked a penalty goal, didn't they? But to credit to us, we never gave up fighting. And I think 23 in the end, they, they scored flattered St. Helens, really. I mean, I don't think there was that, that much between the two sides, was there? You might, you might need the Ryan Wilson bleep machine here, Paul, because I have seen it back on the highlights. And it was Gil Dudson as a Saints man on his back for one. <coughs> but what he does, he puts the ball on the Saints player in front of his foot. So for wow. me, he's trying to buy a penalty there. I don't know why, because we're, we're sat under the post not on the first tackle. Mm. But he does. And the referee doesn't, doesn't buy it. He, got, he calls a knock-on. And then, like I say, all, all, the, all the pressure gets diffused. Mm-hmm. it's one of them and it, I suppose pressure cooker atmospheres in grand finals you learn from moments like that don't you where you think just play the set out how many times but there's another 50-50 car Rob <laughs> what exactly. is that now it's only 50-50 when it's when it's, when it's give or take in this one he, he did put the ball on the guy's foot it, it, it happened it, you know we, we can't sort of argue with video evidence 
It just happened. And I, I can understand why he did it, because he had a Saints guy on his back. He had a Saints guy kind of in front of him. And, you know, it, it does look like he's being manhandled and he's not, you know, he's getting interfered with if he's played the ball. But there was a couple of other incidents, I think, on the our left, is it our left edge? Uh, like I said, I'll ask you because you've seen the, the, the highlights, I haven't. Um, it was high shot and eyeballs. Was that a high tackle or? Uh, we did yeah, nothing from that. Did we? Down it, which one was that one? I think it was an acquire. Was it an acquire? Or? There was also a shoulder charge as well. Uh, I think that was Kevin Acquire. Shoulder charge one, yeah. He did lean in a bit. I'd, I'd give him that one as a, as a shoulder charge. And then it was one where Inu got his head. Yeah, yeah Ashwood guy. put his sort of his nut on him there, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did, in a way. But then he, he kind of did it as like he was kind of sort of using his head to keep him lay down. He didn't kind of butt him as in, it wasn't kind of a malicious bang. It was more like a, I'll, put, I'll press my head onto your head so then I could get use you to leave myself up off, off yourself, if that makes sense. But he was contact with the head. He did, he did kind of headbutt him, I suppose. So I suppose the letter of law, he, he, does, he should have been penalised. Yeah. It's just one of them. Yeah, right. Well, what is? We don't really want to sort of spoil. I don't want this grand final to remember as us being, ref, re, you know, robbed by a referee. The players deserve. No, I don't think we were so robbed by a referee. I just don't think anything sort of went our way on that. I don't think we got the opportunity to show why we're attacking flair, did we? Maybe that's because Saints managed the game really well. I think yeah. they did. I think they threw everything at us and. And, and sort of took it out of us. We had a lot of defending to do, and that saps your energy, doesn't it? So and we don't have a lot of field position as well, especially in the first half. So, no, they, I think they played quite a perfect game. Mm. Really, I, I don't think you can sort of criticise the way they played. Um, but then again, I thought we were can very brave against a fantastic side, and to only lose three tries to one, um, I thought it was a, it was a monumental effort. Yeah, but I think what it is, Saints knew that they'd have to keep us in action <coughs> twenty. So on the fifth tackle, they didn't kick it; they ran it. So we, when we turned the ball, when they turned the ball over, we were five meters from our own line. So yeah, we did were that quite a lot as well. Yeah, so we were ba- we were basically I don't know what they call it. They call it exit in sets, don't they, or something where you're coming out from your old from your own twenty. So we sort of five sort of drive five and then kick and then get on our forty maybe. And it's clear your line set then, isn't it? You know what I mean? And, and Saints knew that if they kick the ball, ball goes dead. Then obviously we start on our 20 and we can springboard from there, can't we? And Saints didn't want that. So that's why they did what they did. But it's a learning experience for everyone, I suppose. And, you know, the players, you know, like you said, effort was there. You can't ask for anything more. And they're all going to grow from this experience. So that's, a, that's the only, you know, the, the positive we have to take out of it. Referee, there was a few dodgy calls, but, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want it to be remembered as, as no. stole, stole the game from us because the players have, have been outstanding this season. And the effort to put in was un- unbelievable. Uh, so let's just remember it for what it was, which was a, a fantastic performance from one to seventeen. Yeah, I and think for us. I think Saturday's game was about you know the seventeen Saints players and seventeen Sorbon players. I mean, Saint played really well, and so did Sorbon. It was two 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 good sides in in a, in a really high quality game. I thought that was a quality game to watch. That it really was, and, and I enjoyed every minute of it. And it seemed to fly by, particularly the second half. I think matches tend to do that, and I found that over the years watching watching rugby league. If you're enjoying a game, you're that in for all. I mean, you enjoy most games. It's a fantastic sport, rugby league. But but every now and again, you'll get these matches there where it's really intense and it's a high quality game, high tempo, and the game just seems to fly by before you know it's half time. And then you look at the the thing, and there's only five the clock, there's only five so minutes left in the game. So that that's what the game seemed to me on Saturday. It seemed to fly by. 
And, uh, and no, I, th- I thought we were still in it. We, we kept going all the way. We never chucked the towel in. Even when it went to 20 points to six, we were still, you know, testing our arm there. I thought, um, I thought nine levels was absolutely outstanding. And I thought he might have been in the, with a shout for the Harry Sunderland trophies, man of the match, Evels, because I took everything. I thought Saints chucked everything at him, didn't they? All the high balls that went in the air. And, you know, under that sort of atmosphere, 66,000 people there, the likes of Old Trafford and the noise, he, you know, he, he was challenged there as well on those high kicks. He took every single one of them. His defence was excellent. I thought coming forward with the ball, they looked very dangerous as well. So he seemed to uh, to benefit from that game, Niall. I think he'll take that into next season. Massive confidence boost for him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we spoke to the players after the game. I spoke to Jake Bibby, George Griffin and Greg Burke. You spoke to Joey Lusick. Uh, and this is what you have to say. So I'm, so I'm joined by George Griffin. Defeated tonight, but not disheartened. He gave everything there. Uh, do you know what, man? I'm absolutely gutted about that. I thought I was, I thought I was confident coming into the game, and then I think we started pretty poor, to be honest. And they started like a house on fire, and and we was we were pretty much lucky to, to keep it at six at half time. But I thought we were quite the last 15 in the first half and the first 10 in the second half. I felt comfortable, and I thought we could turn it over, but a few silly errors and penalties, you know, got them out of their their half again, and then back on ours. And then, and then we were just camped there again, really. Obviously, our first experience of grand final football. What was it like on the field? Super intense, I expect. Oh uh, yeah, mate. It was the fastest game I've probably played, and it, um, it just makes me want to want to be here again. It just makes me want it more. Um, I didn't really know how much I wanted it until I was actually here. But um, yeah, just just gutted about the result, mate. But they were the better team, so fair play to them. Obviously, this week's been all about the build-up. All the people of Salford got behind the team. Obviously defeated tonight, but you you made the city proud. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I know. Um, I thought that the, that stand when we went out, it sent goosebumps down my spine. Um, it was unreal, you know. If, if we can sort of get that following next year, and and um, you know, back the boys. I'm obviously not here, but the, you know, the boys deserve that. They they deserve a good crowd home and away. So they're always loud. It's just you know, if we can get a few more to each game, they're doing the world good. Cheers. Big thank. Talk to us in the devil detail. Cheers, mate. Thank Cheers, you. Mate. So I'm joined by Jake Bibby, yeah. defeated tonight, but not disheartened. What a fantastic effort from you boys. Yeah, I think uh, I think that kind of shows the whole year. Like, cause not, even though we might have lost, but I think we're all lads are proud of each other. We've even made it here, so after everyone wrote us off and whatnot, so yeah. Try scorer as well yeah. at Old Trafford. Yeah. Talk us through it. What was going through your head? I mean, I was buzzing at the time, but after it, it kind of knocks it a bit down, but still. Still trying to, still got to get a you know, try on the belt, but still sad I didn't really take it away. So yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. like I say, you're off to Wigan, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. next season. But yeah. this team, you know, they've got such talent in that yeah. in that squad. You know, this isn't the end of this journey, is no, it? No, 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 100% no. Ever since, I, obviously, where I've grown up, what like with the players and what's come through and what's not, it's Salford's on its way up and seeing that the the crowd. Hopefully, they come next year. It builds a bigger platform for the club now, which deserve because I mean, look at look where we just got through. You know, all these players they're ridiculous. So I mean, I'll miss them all. So yeah. yeah. Cheers. Big yeah, thanks. Talk to us definitely. Tell. Getting all, we're getting all wet and teary eyed. Cheers, mate. See you later. So I'm joined by Greg Burke. Defeated tonight, but not disheartened. Uh, no, I won't say disheartened, but I'd, I'd say I'd say heartbroken if I'm honest. Um, full credit to St Helens if, if if we're being for the best side. I thought um, thought Luke Thompson was outstanding for them. Um, and obviously the you know you've got to say it best te- best team won on the night I think. But uh, I don't know. So I think I think some of the calls were a bit. 
you know, be- well, less said about them the better I think and I just think if we got a fur crack then we maybe could have had a bit more a bit more say, a bit more chance up up the other end but it is what it is. End of the day they've been they've been the best side over you know, over the season and they've won, so and a full play for, for credit to him. So yeah, you did the city proud though. Big thanks for everything you've done this season and uh, roll on 2020. Cheers, Paul. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Brilliant, Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Uh, Joey Lusty, Torrensby. You didn't leave anything on there tonight. Absolutely tremendous effort. Just sum up your feelings right now. Uh, obviously, you know, gutted, mate. Um, you know, you come here, you want to, like you said, leave everything on that field and. And give it all you got and try to come away champions. Unfortunately, we didn't do that tonight. But credit to St Helens. That, that first 20, 30 minutes, they were they were relentless. Um, you know, they were trapping us in a half for the first 20 minutes. We could, I don't think we even got a, a play the way outside our half for that first 20 minutes. Um, and we did have some opportunities there. I think a few errors probably hurt us. Um, but you know, like I said, credit to Saints that they were pretty they were pretty bloody good tonight. But um, you know, you can, you can go on all night really, I guess, and say things you could have done better here and there. But it's a grand final, and the boys did give 100, percent which is all you could ask for. But and obviously, just just got over the result. How much have you enjoyed the experience this year of being a Salford Red Devils player? Had an amazing season. Must be really, really proud. And then looking forward to kicking on. I think this is the start of something. Now. It's not the end, is it? This is the start of something, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, the whole year we had ups and downs, and then that run coming into the finals was really something special. Um, you can see week by week the club, the fans, the players, everyone was building. And like you said, it's hopefully the start to, to much more to come for the Salford Red Devils. And you know, the fans tonight were like they have been every week, getting better and better. And they were phenomenal tonight. And How did you feel walking out to that sort of yeah, golden was, atmosphere? That must be something that'll live yeah, forever. Yeah, it, it was bloody amazing. Um, you know, 70,000 there tonight. What more could you ask for? And, those fans were, were absolutely outstanding. That make you hunger for more of that now? Yeah, definitely. You know, now I just sit here, I, I just sat there for five minutes by myself and just thought, I, I want to be back here next year and I want to be on that other end of result. I suppose from a personal point of view, you had to be very patient tonight. You, you had to wait for your opportunity to come on. Kicked a brilliant 40-20 kick as well. But there was, there was chances there. I think it was a mistake from that 40-20. It wasn't a, a knock-on. A few contentious decisions tonight, but as I said, your goal-line defence was terrific. Your effort was there. You couldn't really fault any of the players. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you know, um, first of all, I had to pay my time and, and try to do as much as I could when I was on the field and a few errors did hurt us but you know like I said the effort there was was amazing it was a grand final no one left anything on the field um, but I think Saints were just a bit more clinical than us tonight all the guys on the devil in the detail and Salford City Radio I want to congratulate on a wonderful season Joey enjoy the off season and best of luck for the 2020 season thank thanks, you very much mate. cheers thanks guys that was Jake Bibby George Griffin Greg Burke and Joey Lusick talking to us after the game Paul all three quite disappointed with, with the result, obviously it was only like half an hour after the game, so they're all going to be sort of emotionally attached to it still. Um, but like I said before, they're going to grow from the experience. Uh, speaking to Jake, maybe he's quite emotional about it because obviously he's off his, on his way to Wigan now, isn't he? And he's been at Salford for a long time, and I think scoring that sort of fight, that try in the grand final kind of ended a journey for him at Salford. Oh, without a doubt, and he's a lovely kid as well, Jake. Maybe he's. He's always got a smile on his face. He always has a bit of a joke with us, doesn't he, on his way out. And uh, no, I've probably enjoyed speaking to him on the on the occasions when I have. And wish him all the best as well. Wish him all the best in his move to Wigan. And I hope he he goes on leaps and bounds now and gets into that Wigan side because that's going to be difficult. They've got some quality players, but I hope he has a fantastic career because he's he's a, he's a nice lad and. Uh, you know, he's sort of learned his, his trade at Salford and let's hope he can progress and move on. But delighted for him to score in the grand final because he's had his critics, hasn't he, Jake Bibby? And I think this season he's he's come of age and particularly on this sort of run towards the end of the season, you know, he 
he's kept um, all puts out of the side, hasn't he? And, um, and, and kept it, kept a place in the team and held it down there. And um, I think he's done really, really well. And he was a bit emotional on, on, on Saturday night. He didn't swear, though, did he? Cause he, no. he swear. <laughs> a couple of times when I've interviewed he always swears. But no, I was delighted for him, really was. And, and, and sad to see him go, really. It like he was going to cry, to be fair. More than we weren't going to, it was like going to swear. It was like he was going to cry, to be fair. Um, I spoke to George Griffin. He talked about uh, sort of the, getting a taste of it and, and sort of wanting it again. And like you said earlier in, in this podcast, you know, the, the players have tasted this grand final, this grand final environment and the build up, and it's only going to inspire them to, to get back in, back, back there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And you no, know, George is another guy who, who's sadly moving on as well at the point of Casper next season. And, no, I'm sad to see him go because he's become a really consistent performer at Salford, hasn't he? Got criticised for, I always thought unfairly criticised for giving penalties away. People used to say, and he give as many, you know, same amount as anybody else really. But with the tackling that he does and the work that he does and the, the amount of minutes you get out of him, he's absolute quality. So uh, I think Casket is a really good player there. So. You know, we've heard some news this week about players coming in and hopefully we're getting players that are going to um, going to replace him that are going to be just as good. But no, George was, was gutted as well because he's put an awful lot into this season. Well, worked his socks off and played a lot of matches, a lot of game time. Yeah, and Joey Lusick and, and uh, Greg Burke with, <coughs> with, with us in, in 2020. Um, you know, what a journey they've been on and, you know, what a journey there is to continue. Yeah, certainly. I mean, when Greg Burke came in and... Um, Eyebrows were raised, weren't they? A few people saying, oh, why have you signed him and, and Dunson and Chamberlain from Witness? And, I mean, sadly, Ed Chamberlain got injured in the, the friendly game, I think, against Wigan, didn't he? So he's missed the season. But, no, Greg and, and, and Gil Dudson, uh, sorry, Greg. Greg, yeah, sorry, Greg Burke, yeah, names wrong, yeah. Greg Burke and uh, Gil Dudson have been tremendous this season, haven't they? And uh, both done really well, both announced their reputations and become a, a big part of uh, Ian Watson's cog in, the, in his engine sort of thing. So, um, so, yeah, I think they'll kick on again next year. I mean, listen to Greg Burke there. He, he sounded really distraught, didn't he, after that? And Joey Lussick was when he spoke to me as well. But I think that's just the players. It's a, it's a big opportunity to play in a grand final. And obviously, you're going to be really disappointed if you, if you lose one. I know it's been a journey. And, you know, we can say all we want that we play well and all that. If you're a player, though, you want to win, don't you? And, you know, speaking to players just after the, after the match, I think it was obvious they were going to be a, a bit down in the beak, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, look at the stats, Paul. Uh, top tacklers, uh, Mossop with uh, 49, Dulton with 37, Jones with 30, Griffin with 57, uh, Tyrone McCarthy with 37, uh, Logan Tonkins with 39. Uh, forwards put a massive shift in against the big Saints pack, rolling forward, so expecting big numbers <coughs> down the middle. Yeah, certainly did it. I think we did quite a lot more, a significant amount more tackles than what St. Helens did, and I think they had quite a few more sets in position than we had when I looked at the stats earlier in the week. So yeah, it was a, it was a massive defensive effort, but again, to keep that St. Helens side to three tries, I think it's an amazing achievement because I think any other side in Super League would have shipped a load of points on Saturday. Yeah. I think they'd have thrown anybody else to shreds. I don't give a toss whether that's Wigan, Warrington, Leeds, Catalan, Hull, you name them. I think Casper, I think they'd have ripped them all to shreds, and I think that's credit to us. It's credit to Ian Watson. It's credit to Greg Brown, the coaching staff, the fitness levels we've got the side to this season, and the the desire and the willingness to keep going and defend your goal line. You, know, you build sides, good sides on defence. You know, you, you flare and you're attacking great, but if you want to be up there in, in the top five in the playoffs, you've got to have that defence right. And our, our defence has been, on the whole, pretty good this season. Yeah, uh, looking at your top metre makers, 
Evels with 134, Bibby 106, Dudson with 63, Jones with 67, Walker with 79, Kenseo 158, Inu 150, Jackson Hayes 134. I think it kind of shows our where we were, which we were sort of coming out of our 20, because the likes of Inu and Seo and Evels and Bibby are kind of early sort of tackle uh, sort of takers, we'll call it. You know, take the ball in early in the set, don't they? So they'll they be making sort of big meters early in each set for us. And it kind of shows what kind of game it was for us because Saints kept pinning us in our 20. Yeah, they nailed their tactics, I thought. I thought just you know, but the tactics spot on. They wanted to, they didn't, they knew, I think they were very wary of us and maybe frightened of us. Um, they didn't want to give us any possession in their 25, did they? No. They didn't want to give us any attacking because they knew the damage we could cause and the damage we could do to them. I think they wanted to play us deep in our own half, let us do the work to get out because I think if, if we'd have had you know, our fair share of, of possession in their half, I think we would have posted quite a lot of points. So, you know, that, that was their tactic, I think, to keep us penned in our own half. Yeah. Um, you spoke to Ian Watson um, after the game, Paul, and this is what I have to say. Coach's Corner. Ian Watson joins me. 17 heroes out there tonight, Ian. Yeah, I thought that the whole squad's been great all year, to be fair. These, like I say, we're, we're, we're a squad of 20, 25, 26 um, players. Um, they, they've been phenomenal from day one, mate. Your goal line defence, you got tested, especially in that first half, Satan's all the, all the territory, all the possession. You all lads dug in there, and I mean, the amount of sets you kept out of the line, you must have been really happy with that. Yeah, we, we were pleased. We were pretty comfortable at half time. We, we've probably, probably got a bit shocked in the opening exchanges we spilled the ball and then we couldn't get off our try line for the first 15 minutes we are doing a hell of a lot of defending but we, we spoke about that it, it, it didn't matter we, we knew goal line did win you a game so we knew that we have to defend sets we knew we'd have to defend back to back sets on our goal line and all the boys spoke about that before they went out just saying that we work hard for each other in that area and it's what we've built all our season on. Not many teams have lived with St. Helens this season but your boys put up one hell of a fight a lot of pressure there early on did you think they handled that well? Yeah, I, th I thought it was a high quality game to be fair I thought um, Saints were really smart in the way they played um, resilient and just keep trying to turn us over kept playing back through us underneath and trying to get little wins in the middle before they could get a quick play of the ball and then they could try to take uh, take their opportunities on the back of that I know we're not going to criticise referees there was one or two sort of contentious decisions did you think you didn't get sort of the fair crack tonight? That's, that's for them to look at. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm proud of our guys and what they've done. I think Saints were the, the best team and they deserve to win. Um, I don't really want to be talking about um, the official. Um, we'd be doing it quite a bit, mate, if we were. So, but be real proud of kind of the guys and what they've done this year. Two of the drive a shots off, but he didn't drop your heads there, though, did he? Jake Bibby scored straight away from that. You're right back in the game at 12 Yeah, no, that was another one, again, which um, was I thought was a little bit unlucky. I thought it was a try, to be fair. Um, like I say, Bibby then scores, puts us back in the game at 12-6. We just needed to be a little bit better in certain areas, but we made a couple of errors in the second half coming out of our yardage, which, again, gave them good ball field position. Obviously, again, Saints had a lot of ball in that second half. You never capitulated, though. Three tries to one. Saints couldn't break you down, couldn't they? You must be so proud of the resilience that your side has showed there under real difficult circumstances. Well, that's what we've spoken about all season and built ourselves on about working hard for your mate and having a resilience to defend your goal line. And I thought the boys did that in large chunks. And like you said, there's not many teams who will live with Saints. And Saints will blow you away generally if they have that many attacking sets. But I thought our guys were outstanding. You played play four games in the playoffs, conceded seven tries. That 
that is a mammoth effort from your boys. Yeah, look, like I said, the defence has been good generally all season. We've been in the top five teams defensively all year. Obviously been in the top two for our attacking as well. The team's been really good and been a credit to us. How did you feel coming out tonight with that massive army of Solver supporters behind the sticks there? Must have had spent shivers down your spine there when you yeah, coming out. Being a local lad as well. Yeah, it was good. You try and take the emotion out of it, to be fair, so you can kind of just focus on what you, you need to do. Um, but again, to see, to see it all there and to see the map sports and the way they stayed behind at the end as well to kind of clap the Salford players off and to clap um, the Sutherland guys. I don't think there's many teams who've probably done that in a grand final before. You get the feeling that something's building. I know you've lost this game tonight, but this is the start of something. I guess the, the feel of that anyway. Yeah, you'd hope you'd hope it was. Obviously, we knew players were going to be leaving us. It, it, be good now if you were kind of looking at players. I think all them players would stay here if they knew what they knew now. Um, but again, it's up to us to kind of to build a new team. You're confident going into next season. I know you've got a busy time now. You go away with Great Britain as yeah. well, don't you? So you've not got a lot of time off. Must be looking forward to next year, though. Yeah, no, I'm really excited with the players that we've got in for next year. Um, hopefully, we can get a couple more in. But again, that will be dictated again by finances and which what what the club choose to do. Um, ideally, we'd like a couple more players in. But if not, we'll we'll run at what we've got, which is similar squad to what we've got this year. Um, and see where that takes us. Where did your suit go tonight? Because you came out in a suit. And <laughs> did you get changed before the game kicked yeah. off? Yeah, I did. As soon as I come off, got it off pretty quick. I thought you'd have a, a, a track suit. But well done, Ian, on tonight. And all commiserations on the defeat. Thanks for all the interviews this season. Cheers, Take care and all the best on the tour. Cheers, thanks, mate. So that was Ian Watson Paul talking to yourself after the game against Set Ellens. And uh, he was proud of his boys' efforts. Yeah, he certainly was, and I, I was proud of him, Rob, as well, and I think you are as well, and all the supporters. I think he's been tremendous this season for us, and you know, to have him coaching us, I think we're we're very lucky to have a, a man of his talents, and uh, just so glad he's going to be there again with us next season because, uh, well, not only is he a good coach, well, a top coach, he's he's a, he's a gentleman as well, isn't he? and a really nice fella. So, uh, you know, I'm proud to have him leading our club. Same with Bleasy and you know, Paul King and all the rest of the people behind the scenes because he's doing a great job. And uh, I was delighted we could we could speak to to Watto after the game. And like we said to him, though, where where did your uh, your suit go? That that's the uh, that's the million dollar question. What I want to know from Saturday night. He came out with a suit on, then five minutes later he had a track suit on. So I want to know where where his suit went because uh, I thought it was strange that. Yeah, I think people are talking about these these track suits, and I think uh, Sol Good Shop's going to be busy when they get in. Absolutely amazing those track suits, mate. They looked mm. absolutely mint. I thought they looked great. I agree with that. Um, yeah, like like you said, Ian Watson. You know, fantastic. What what achievement this season for him? His backroom staff, like you said, uh, Greg Brown and the rest of them. You know, they've managed to keep the players fit throughout, and it and it kind of falls. Ian Watson loves to kind of talk about his backroom staff and how hard they work, and it's kind of a you know a bit of a hand clap to them who who have managed to keep these players you know on the field and. I think to myself, next season, will it be more? You think it'd be more difficult, sort of, for Ian Watson because will there be will there be that little bit more pressure on him now? Both. Uh, and I think he's. I think he's always had pressure on him. Though. I mean, this season people were calling for his head. I mean, round about May time, I remember people saying I read stuff on Facebook and and, and, and Twitter and, and I can't remember who put it now, but people were saying put put Martin Gleeson in charge. What all took us as far as they could go and. They've said it a couple of times. I mean, you lose a couple of games and people get on people's backs, don't they? I think that's just the nature of sport. But, yeah, there's probably going to be pressure on what all next season. But let's not forget, he doesn't have an embarrassment of riches at Salford to, to pick from, does he? He's, 
he's had to rebuild again. He's losing a load of players again, and he'll, he'll rebuild. And you know, you you see him, and, and you spoke to him um, after matches, haven't you? And, and seeing what he says, and the way he prepares, the way we analyse everything, and you know, those sort of coaches aren't ten a penny. You know, you you've got somebody there who knows his stuff, and <clears throat> Ian Watson's a tremendous coach. And not only that, I think with Watson as well. I mean. I think he's so down to earth. I don't think there's many coaches in rugby league that do the, the interviews he does. And every interview I've heard him do, whether it's with myself or, or with you or with people at BBC Sky or whatever, he's always in the same mood. He's never like, you know, I've heard Daryl Powell a few times this season where he takes his ball up and has a bit of salt, but Watto will always give you a, a really good interview. He'll answer the questions openly and honestly. And I think that's why he's got so many fans around rugby league now, you know, from other clubs. People are really warm to him and, you know, he's no no mean feat that Wayne Bennett's picked him as his assistant coach as well. Yeah, I think him going to uh, sort of Australia, New Zealand, and Papua New Guinea is only going to help his development because he's, you know, coaching international players now for the next whatever it is four weeks, and they'll get used to him like they'll he'll get used to them. So mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to come to solve some some of these players. They might take that opportunity because they'll they'll remember having to be coached by Wattle. Yeah, know that he's a good coach, and you know they know that what he's what what is expect you know what he's um, capable of. Um, so it's only going to be good. Flip that over though, he is now in the international level. He is dealing with players who are playing for bigger clubs, and they will be feeding the fact that Ian Watson is a good coach. So I don't know. Obviously, we've got to think about next season, <coughs> and we're just hoping that you know Ian Watson stays. To be fair. Because we don't know how long his contract is for, but we're hoping, obviously, his reward is for his fantastic efforts this season. Definitely, definitely. And I think um, you know, Danny Ward's probably looking forward to working with him. He's also an assistant in Great Britain. I bet he's thinking I can learn off of Watto as well. And as crazy as it sounds, you know, Wayne Bennett's been a, been a great coach. I, think. I bet, I bet he learns stuff off Watto, and and vice versa. I bet Watto will learn stuff off Wayne. So. So yeah, and like you said about about Watto, obviously we want to keep him going as long as we can. And, you know, you don't know what's around the corner in years to come, do you? But uh, at the moment, you know, we're in the Super League, playing playing top flight rugby league, aren't we? And we've just got to a grand final. Why wouldn't he and Watson want to stay at Salford? You know, we've proved now we can get to finals, and you know, hopefully the next step will be to to go and win a trophy, and maybe next season or in the in the, the coming seasons. And if we are going to do that, I think Watto's the right man to do that with. Yeah, and I think obviously the fact that he's so hands-on at Salford because everyone sort of pitches in and everyone does their own bit. If he does, if that, if, you know, the worst possible case scenario when he, and he does just depart, he's not, not going to have the same sort of input anywhere else. Just because the way our club's sort of structured, you know what I mean? So that's that's got to be something that would he want to go somewhere where he doesn't have 100% control because obviously he's mates with uh, Ian Blees and Paul King and they all kind of work as a sort of in tandem don't they he won't have that same relationship somewhere else so I think it's it, you know it's something I have to get off my chest really but you're just hoping that like you said this is the this is the journey we're on uh, and in 2020 and beyond we get bigger and better and who knows we could be at Old Trafford next year yeah whisper it whisper it yeah you never know you <laughs> never know mate and finally obviously last game uh, for Jackson Hastings in, in a Salford shirt uh, 14 months he was at Salford. Um, what a journey he's been on as well, from coming to us at the bo- you know, the very bottom <coughs> of his career, falling out of Australia to 
you know, playing, you know, saving us from sort of the middle eight to a grand final appearance. It's a proper sort of fairy tale. Unfortunately, we didn't we didn't end up winning it. Uh, but what a journey he's been on, and I suppose us fans will never ever forget what what he did in a Salford shirt, and he's got to be up there with uh, one of the best Salford players that we've ever seen. I, mean, I think he's one of the best Salford players I've ever seen, mate. Definitely. And uh, <clears throat> not only that, he won the Man of Steel as well. And yeah. No, no other Salford players ever won that before. So, um, you know, people have won it before they played for Salford, but nobody ever won it. Whilst whilst been playing at this club, so um, I think that's a a great thing, a great thing in in its own right to, to do. So uh, yeah, we're gonna miss him. He's he's probably um, he's one of those players that comes along once in a lifetime. Really, one of once in a generation. At least. You don't often see people like that with that sort of levels of commitment and and heart that he's got, as well as the, the talent as well. So we're gonna get in a, a fantastic player next season, not only for his on the field. You know, presence. He's, he's off the field presence as well. You know what he does with his social media and the way, just the way he treats people. You know, average sort of supporters and sort of lay people, as I, as I'll call it, whatever better word. He, he treats everybody with respect, doesn't he? And you know, a warmth as well. You know, kids and, and children and that. And after the match, he seems to have time for everybody. You know, uh, that, you don't have to get people like that. No, I'll miss him at Salford. I think he's been uh, been a breath of fresh air, and he's. He's, he's helped us this season and on and off the field and he's, he's helped raise the profile of our club and I think he's put smiles on the back of supporters' faces. He, 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 is, <coughs> he, he is our Eric Cantona when United won the league for the first time in about 26 years. He came and lifted everybody and I think he did that to us. But he is only one cog in our wheel and I think the the the, the, the plan now really is for these players to realised that Jack Nathans was a very good player but he was only just one of 17 that got us to a grand final mm. and they've got to realise that yeah Jack Nathans was a bit special <coughs> but he didn't it wasn't a one man show all the time because for me grand, fi- grand final didn't really do too much for me Lola here was a better half back on the field for me but that was only one game and he gave us so many memories you know before that and I'm not going to think, oh, you know, if Jack Nathan had turned up, we might have won. It was, it was one of them things for me. But what a player! Thanks for the memories, and uh, you never know, one day he might return. I think in the grand final, he wasn't really allowed to play. I think Saint Helens did a good job on him defending, and you can't question the effort. I thought he, he, um, he ran his socks off in that game. But as we said before, we didn't get a lot of attacking opportunities, did we? We didn't get much ball in there. In St. Helens' half, and when we did do, we 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 had a try disallowed, and we and we scored one, particularly in the first half, anyway. So, uh, so yeah, but I, I think we're gonna we're gonna miss him, Rob. I think uh, he's he's worked wonders, and we've mentioned it loads of times on the podcast, saying his uh, his attitude has has been first class. His attitude of um, what's what's the words for it? Um, he's belief, not only his belief, but the way he doesn't really give a toss what other people think we've said that all the time he has a swagger about him mm. and I think he put that swagger back into Salford and he put that sort of swagger back into the supporters that belief that supporters needed to be proud of the club and not be like the downtrodden younger brother that we are you know sometimes mm. looking up at Saints and Wigan and Leeds and all these other clubs he made it good to be a Salford supporter again yeah. I mean I, I wasn't around in the 70s but 
you know, thinking, looking back to that time, I think perhaps that's what that side had in the 70s, sort of a, not a cocky, cockiness is the wrong word, but you know what I mean, don't you? A, a sort of, we're not frightened of anybody. No. We we can we can go we can go to Catalan and beat him forty six now. We can go and stuff over, we can go and beat Wigan twenty eight twenty odd four and he gave us that I think. That that belief and that um yeah, that we can we can take anybody on mentality. Yeah, what it is, I think he bought into what our club was all about and he, he kind of like had, he, he created a connection with us fans, which then allowed us fans to fall in love with the club again. That's what that's what I think happened. Mm-hmm. And now it's up to us to keep feeling the love, even though he's not there. Not sure we will be. Yeah. So, uh, big thanks for your three word match reports and man of the matches. Uh, you said you were proud, proud day, Evels. Um, I'm, I'm going to say uh, Lola here for me. I don't have to do them. No, you were match reports, but I just popped onto Twitter the other day and saw it. So, oh, I'll have a do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, G, uh, sorry, 11 V8 Hughes, tough to take, Bibby. Uh, Martin, ref to spec savers. We talked about the referee and his decisions. Tracy, uh, what a season. Man of the match, every single one of them. Uh, Richard Martin, best season ever, ever, Evels. Paul, oh so proud, Evels. Uh, Cy, Hitman Handel. Uh, step too far, Lola here. Colin Reynolds, wasn't B. Uh, is how the match wasn't Kendall the referee uh, Chris and Janet Shenton uh, what a season Evels uh, Tony Frame all the lads are all devils Colin Wilson one amazing season uh, man of the match all 1-17 to Salford 79 best day ever Evels uh, Manchester is red bring on 2020 Lola here Natalie Taylor I can't possibly put into sorry I can't possibly put yesterday into three words uh, so we did it in six uh, Evels uh, Roy Ellaby match too far uh, he gave everybody uh, Salford Devils man of the match uh, John Waite Saints too good Lola here uh, Trev one-eyed ref McManus uh, Patrick Connolly Saints too good two Lola here Craig proud beyond belief uh, Jimmy uh, wasn't happy about the referee Craig bridge too far was a Dodgy ref decisions. Griffin is was his man of the match. Chris Seedhouse, what a season, <coughs> Evels. Uh, Rob Potts, errors prove costly, Evels. Paul D enjoyed the game, Evels. David Deakin gave their all, uh, and he gave it to everybody on the on the pitch. Uh, Stephen Doyle roll on twenty twenty. Uh, Tui Lola here, and Harvey Reed absolutely fantastic, and his man of the match was Evels. So yeah, uh, Evels got a lot of man of the matches. Paul there. Uh, and it must deserve, like you said, fantastic all night. He was, he was, he, he come of age, I thought, he really did. He was a mature display from him, very composed under the eyeballs. I said before, his defence was good, and uh, I thought he deserved it. But you couldn't give it anybody in the in a Salford shirt, really. I thought everybody showed great commitment, great desire to the cause. And I disagree with the people who said it's a, it was a bridge too far and a game too far. I don't think it was. I think Saitland were a good side. It, it wasn't like we gassed out and, and, and threw the game away. I, I think we were just beaten by a, by a better side on the uh, on the night. But uh, no, I don't think it was a, a, a game too far. It's probably the, the wrong wrong for me. I thought it was just a beaten by the better side. Beaten by the better side, but we gave everything, absolutely everything. We didn't leave anything, you know. In the dressing room, we we took it all out there on the pitch, and, and you know, give all our emotions, all our effort. 
it just wasn't enough on the night. Yeah, I th- I think we were just beaten by a bit of individual magic and mm. game the game management of being in the grand final. Of Saints have been there before and they knew what they need to do at certain points to get them over the line, which which is something we'll learn from. So next time we are in and around a playoff grand final, you know we, we'll manage that a bit better. So that's our little chat. Um, about the uh, the grand final, Paul. And what we'll do, we'll look at all the big news coming at us over the Devils this week. So, news, Paul. Um, direct debit options for season tickets. Um, our fate is the deadline on Friday if you want to pay over nine months. I think it's a fantastic option uh, for fans who possibly went to the grand final and think, I can't really afford to park out, whatever, 250 quid for a season ticket at one go. Uh, to have an option for direct debits is a, is a good thing. Is that monthly then, that, if you do it like that? Nine months, it says. Yeah, so you're not going to miss it as much, I suppose, if it's coming out of your, your monthly wages. Yeah, it's a good idea. Mm. So that's, some, that's something that I, feel, I suppose a few Reds might be, might be looking at. Uh, so obviously with the 20,000 people at uh, the grand final, you know, you're hoping that you know people will be switched on and think you know what I'll get a season ticket off the back of that. So that's uh, that's something to to keep in mind and let your friends know. Obviously, you bought forty tickets. Let the people know that you bought the tickets for that direct debits available and season tickets yeah. are available, and hopefully they'll 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 follow suit. Uh, other well, the big news really of the week, Paul. Uh, new signings: <coughs> uh, Luke Yates, Reese Williams, and Elliot Kerr, all from London Broncos. All very good players. I think we, when when the when the relegated team gets relegated, you always kind of snatch the best players, and I think we did that in this case. Well, yeah. Let's let's remember London Broncos weren't cast aside at the bottom. Were they? they weren't like millions of miles away from everything else. It went down to the last game of the season. And I think they won ten games, didn't they? London, or was it eleven games out of it? Out of the season, it was at least ten. So um, you know, they've not been no mugs at all. They beat St Helens twice. So they've, they've been a decent side this season when I've seen them. And I know we've, we've beaten comfortably three times to be honest. I think we've, of all the senior Super League, I think we did a big job on them really in their six points off them. But no, Luke Yates, he looked excellent when I've seen him play. Really tough defender and a tough runner going forward. And you're looking at it now, he's probably going to probably replacing George Griffin possibly. So um, I'd say he was, you know, as good as George Griffin, he's a, he's a good player, so it's a good replacement. You've got Reese Williams coming in, who played for us on loan uh, a number of years ago um, when he was at Warrington. I think he was on loan at Salford, and I've seen quite a bit of him. He's a, he's a big lad. Uh, he's got a bit of pace as well, good finisher. And, and Elliot Key is uh, lightning quick. Elliot Key played in quite a lot of games at Bradford a few years ago. I'm not sure where he's from. He's played for Wales, but I don't know whether he's born in Wales or he's a Yorkshire lad. I'm not too sure. But uh, three three quality players there. You sign in. I know we're losing a couple of um, you know backs in um, Jake Bibby's going, isn't he? And uh, they're all all purchases gone to to Cass. But with these lads who are coming in, who you know they'll do they'll do a job. I think they're good replacements for the, the lads that we're losing. Yeah, um, like you said, Luke Yates, um, Australian, played for Newcastle Knights, came to London last year. You know we've seen videos on him on 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 Facebook and Twitter. And he's you know quite aggressive in the tackle, isn't he? Kind of make oh, yeah. Yeah. big collisions, kind of kind of forward that Ian Watson loves really because he loves a, a big forward who can who can 
make big aggressive tackles and and you know I suppose adding him to our forward pack uh, you know was only going to add to what we've got for me. Uh, Reese Williams, like you said, played for us in 2013. Um, he's, he played 152 games for London, scored 100 tries. He's a Welsh international. He's played for Wales 26 times and scored 21 tries. So he's quite prolific when it comes to, to try That's scoring. That's a fantastic try record. 150 games for London, 100 tries. That's a brilliant try. Yeah. I didn't realise it was that good. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I've seen him a couple of times this season on, on the telly for London. He's, he's impressed me. He, he, he can shift a bit. and he's a, he's a big lad. He's very powerful as well. So uh, I think he's a good signer. Yeah, uh, and Reese Williams... Um, not Reese Williams. Elliot, Elliot uh, was born in Cardiff. In oh, Wales. right. Okay. Uh, Welsh international, captain of Wales. Um, played twenty six times, scored no, uh, yeah, played twenty six times, scored twelve tries uh, for Wales. Bit of a star down at the London Broncos. So he's going to add a bit of extra spice to us as well. Yeah, how old is he, Elliot Key? He's not a very, he's not very old. He's still quite a young player, isn't he? According to Wikipedia is 30. Oh, is he 30? Right, I didn't realise he was, was 30. But no, I, I've always been impressed when I've seen him. Um, I've seen quite a bit of him at Bradford and quite a bit of him playing for London. You know, very impressive player, very quick. I think he can play a number of positions in the backs as well. He's got a bit of a utility value. Not that I'm really keen on utility players. I think every player should have a position. But it's always handy to have, isn't it? You know, if you've got guys who can move about, it's, it's a long season. So I'm impressed with the recruitment, Rob. You know, the other guys that we brought in, uh, Jack Armand and the Hooker Jones from Featherstone, look good prospects as well. James Greenwood is coming in from Oakdale. It's good. Chris Atkin, uh, Kevin Brown. They, they all look good players to me and they're all going to be good acquisitions to the squad. And they're all players looking for opportunity. Yeah, to definitely. prove themselves at the higher level. And if we're the vehicle to do that, then it's only going to be a good thing for us. And for well, yeah, these, these these players coming in now are going to be thinking, I mean, they just got to, to a grand final last season. I want a bit of that. I want to play in a grand final because the players we're signing aren't blokes that have, that have done it and been to finals and they're not sort of, what's the word, has-beens, has people used to call them, didn't they? When they've been, you know, we've signed plenty of them over the years, haven't we? We've done it for other clubs and cut myself in and it's been a bit of a retirement. Oh, the guys we're signing now, aren't they? The, the hungry players, aren't they? Probably not won anything in their careers, but have been good players in their careers, but they now perhaps want to go on to that next level and, and play in finals. And, you know, if, they, if they've got that same belief and desire that this 2019 Red Devils had, the 2020 Red Devils could be uh, just as good. Yeah. Uh, other news, Paul. Um, as we mentioned, the tracksuits before uh, are now available online. Uh, like you said, very snazzy. Um, I think I might get my. I think I might get one. Thinking like very special. Uh, they look really good. Yeah, I thought they were great. Thinking, go to the gym in it, walk around in it. Maybe not. Maybe not wear both like the track, the top and the bottoms at the same time. Maybe I don't know. But I, I think I will purchase one. Definitely. Um. Other news, Soul Good Shop's got a sale on, uh, on shirts, on mugs, on scarves, on t-shirts. I'm sure people will want to celebrate our 2019 season with a, a memento. So get yourselves down there <coughs> and purchase your stuff. Whisper it as well, Robert. Well, it's not far to Christmas now, is it? What are we on today? The middle of October now, so Christmas is around the corner. Your Christmas gifts and what have you. Yeah, so get yourselves down to Soul Good Open seven days a week. Selling all the good stuff. Um, sponsorship still available. 
um, for the club shirt. Have they announced? I don't think they've announced the main sponsor, have they, on the shirt yet? They're going to have a big draw, aren't Hello. they? Yeah, <laughs> I saw something somewhere from someone the other day saying that some perhaps somebody was coming in and I don't know whether he was having this draw or, or whatever. I don't really know because I don't really pay a lot of attention to that sort of stuff. But I don't know when this draw is. Yeah, we'll have to wait. I'm sure that I'm sure the club will, will announce when they've done the the, the draw. Uh, and what what an opportunity for you if you had a if you were a business to get your name on 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 your, especially after the success that we've had. Yeah. This season, um, if you wanna, if you wanna, sort of obviously get involved in, if you own a company or work for a company, uh, contact the new commercial manager. I think it's Hannah is it Kilby at SalfordDevils.net. Sure, she's been very busy um, since the grand final with people trying to get sponsorship in the club. Yeah, definitely. I mean now. You look at next season, we might get a lot more television exposed because this season we didn't really, we weren't really on the telly much, was we? So I think perhaps next season Sky might, you know, change their mind and think let's have Salford on because we did a lot of entertaining games this year, weren't we? You know, hopefully next season we'll, we'll get a bit more exposure. And, you know, if you've got the name on the front of the shirts, it, it is, it's, it's big business now. Look at the the TV audience. I think our TV audience for the grand final was absolutely through the roof on it. It's uh, broke all sorts of records. Uh, I read somewhere where it's 43% higher than was it last season or the recent season. So it just shows you people were really sort of enthralled by Salford Red Devils' story, our fairy tale story, wasn't it? People wanted to be involved and, and watching it. I saw a photograph when I think it was one that Steve McCormick took um, and Jake Bibby scored in that corner there. It's not the Salford end, that it's like a neutral end, and there's Warrington supporters, Leeds supporters, Cats supporters. They're all jumping in the air, you know, with their club shirts on as G Bibby scores. So, you know, I think uh, we, we've captured the imaginations now and people might want to see a bit more of us. Yeah. So, like you said, I'm sure, you know, people are climbing over themselves to get involved in the, in the club now, which is which is fantastic news. Um, other news, Jackson Hastings and Josh Jones uh, and Ian Watson off on the tour for Great Britain. We know Jones and Jackson Hastings are on the way out of the club but Ian Watson is, is still deeply involved in our club which is great news um, I think it's great that we've got three representatives going to the Great Britain tour and it shows off how we've come as a club Yeah I think you probably might be a bit unlucky that we didn't have a few other players picked as well because we've had some real good players this season I mean I'm not going to ream them all off but there's, there's players who I thought perhaps should, should have been with a shout of going on that, that tour so so yeah, congratulations to Josh Jones and Jackson. They both fully deserve them two lads for, for getting in the tour. And uh, no, I believe they flew out yesterday. We well, we were doing this Thursday, aren't we? I believe they flew out on Wednesday. So uh, I would have thought they'd be, be be over there now. So good luck to the lads. I'm looking forward to watching those international games. Yeah, uh, nine levels as well. He's playing for the England Knights against Jamaica. Uh, like you said, fantastic season for him, uh, and just deserves playing uh, for England against Jamaica. Yeah, well, if Niall keeps. Keeps the, the form that he's got at the moment. He can take that grand final form and that playoff form into to next season. And his try scoring, uh, you know, uh, heroics of this season, if he can take that into the 2020 season, I don't think it would be long until he gets called up to the Great Britain side because uh, I think we've seen a, a big improvement in him this season. Very good player anyway, but I think 2019 he's, he's done really, really well. So he's unlucky not to be on that tour. and I don't think it will be long until he does get on one. Yeah. Um, talking about the Salford Devils Foundation now, Paul. <laughs> Nearly choked then. Um, 
they're having um, a <coughs> offload building builder winning mindset session, uh, Paul. It basically, for past and current players to find out how they'll cope with everyday demands of life uh, while being a professional athlete. I think we talk about mental health. I think it's really important that you know people who are uh, sort of want to build their, their mental fitness um, kind of get involved in this because um, obviously win, winning mindset is important. But also, you need to sort of be able to sort of cope when you are injured or you do retire. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm not like a massive expert when it comes to, to sort of mental health and, and things like that, but I do have my own thoughts on it. And, you know, I, I've, I've dealt with a bit of it with, with a few colleagues at work and, um, you know, experienced it, you know, what, what they were going through and, and, and tried to help them with it. And, you know, it, everybody has a mental health and a, and, a, and a sort of a mental state of mind. And I think you've got to treat people as individuals and especially like sports stars and, and, and sports players and that as well it's I think it's big on their minds isn't it you know you, you you're in the limelight and you play in a sport that you love and and, and sometimes you, you know people forget and we've said it before we almost treat them like Sabutio players don't we we put in a box on a after straight after the match and just pull them out next week for next week we forget that they have lives and money worries and, and kids and families and you know those those sort of stresses of everyday life and you know you know modern modern life it it can be stressful, can't it? I suppose it's just the way of the world. So, uh, so yeah, all, all these things it should should be there to, to help people and that, you know. And if you are suffering from stuff like that, if you're not a player and you're just a, you know, somebody like us, you know, talk to people about it because there's always someone there who's going to listen to. Yeah, obviously, if you want to be involved uh, in that uh, found Salford Devils Foundation, uh, building a winning mindset, contact joanne.shepherd at salforddevils.net or ring on 0161631. Five two five two. Uh, also, the foundation uh, have uh, been involved in a tag rugby tournament uh, down at the AJ Bell Stadium over the last couple of weeks. Uh, sorry, last couple of days. Sorry, um, <coughs> our lo- few of our local uh, sort of primary schools have qualified um, for uh, sort of the the, ta- the sort of the big tournament that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Light Oaks Holy is it Family Primary. Broad Oaks, St. Paul's Heathside, St. Mary's and St. Joseph all qualified uh, for the next round. So I think it's fantastic, obviously, all these local schools playing rugby league uh, and feeding into the, the, you know rugby league and the Salford Red Devils. Have you ever played tag rugby in that, Rob? I had, the, I had one of the best moments playing, uh, playing tag rugby for Forever Reds. It must have been about, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago now. And I was... I, I was I went through, and someone I, I could have I, one of them. You know, you think you made a break, but then someone whipped me, whipped me ticket off me, and I uh, thought I saw my eyes lit up because I thought I'm, I'm, I'm through here. But unfortunately, some guy grabbed me. That's when you were back in your prime. Back eh? in the, yeah, when, when I was young and fit and thin, was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like a. No, I've never played tag group. Yeah, I always fancied it. It looks close to good sport. I don't know whether you'd be any good, really, because you're you're quite tall, aren't you? So it's a bit. I suppose defensively you might be quite good because you've probably got a longer reach, haven't you? Got a long arm, mate. I think you take it from 20 yards away. <laughs> from the car park. You need to take it from the car park. But, yeah, you know, it is a fantastic thing to do, tap rugby, if you ever get a chance. Um, I think the Canada Rhinos, I think they do, do they do tap rugby on a Monday? 
top of my head. There is there is opportunity though in the, in the local area to play tap rugby, uh, if if you if you enjoy that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I think for obviously for the kids, it's a it's a great thing. Obviously, the foundation engage with all these schools and you know entice them into to watching Soul for Red Devils through sport and keeping the kids healthy because that's what we need, don't we? We certainly do, yeah, we certainly do. And the more kids you can get involved and the more kids we can get talking about solving and coming to the matches and you know, just being involved in rugby league in general, I think the, the more children and youngsters you can get involved, the better. Yeah. Um, other bits of news. Uh, supporters trust, um, tr- uh, obviously, open membership for, for 2020. Um, I think he's raised two and a half grand so far, Paul. Um, they're raising money for the reserves for next season. Um, obviously, you're part of the supporters' trust. You know, I suppose it's up to us fans to get behind it and and raise money because obviously the reserve tide is is another thing we're going to have to look forward to next year. More rugby, more players, um, and obviously that the club will need the juice in the tank to, to for it to run. Yeah, and the supporters' trust are doing um, well. There's, there's a, quite a group of people. I mean, not me, I've not done any of this. I'm just going off for what I've seen. It's um, James Oskison and, and quite a few of the other people on there have been doing a great job um, doing an auction, auctioning like club memorabilia and shirts and things like that up, you know, to, to raise money for this reserve side. I know Louise Woodward Styles has done some great stuff, you know. Um, she does these player montages, which I think are absolutely fantastic. And, and, and lots of players have been interested in those. They, they've been selling those off and... Um, Neil Baines donated his um, Reba Trains Cup final medal and that's been auctioned off. I'm not too sure who's bought it. Like I, like I said, I've not been on social media much recently, but the, the, the volunteers behind that, the funding for the reserve side has been has been fantastic. I mean, I, sh- I should name check some more people actually, but I've not been on it to have a look for the last couple of years. I know James is heavily involved with that. Uh, Dennis Riley, Nicky Keenan, all those sort of people on there are doing a great job. Louise Woolworth Styles and you know, I'll get the rest of the names of the people who are, who are heavily involved in it for next week. Give them all a shout out because that's, I think that's outstanding. That to, to be raising money to, to fund a reserve side and the, the spirit we've got in our supporters makes you feel proud of the, the rugby league team we put on a pitch every week makes you feel proud. But the supporters and the, and the work that they do, going above and beyond to do things, I think is we we've got like a real community feel about us and and we have done for a long time now. But I think over the last couple of years it's. Um, it really has moulded together and, and snowballed, hasn't it? And um, you know, it's uh, it's good. We have really got some some absolute diamonds who, who look after us. It's like a family, really, aren't we? We're just we're just one big sort of family and sort of the Yeah, I think it is. You get that feel, mate. You do, you do. And I think obviously, supporters just work hard. You know, just just to sort of try and raise funds, and you know, it, 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 people do say obviously people come together in times of crisis. Um, we're not in a time of crisis at the moment because we've just got to a grand final. So I, ju- I just think it's it, it's also up to us fans to to back it and 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 put your sort of tenor in and and you know support them and you know if the supporter trust sort of takes off even like even better than it has done to be fair, you know it could turn into this sort of big thing that that's only going to help the club and, and us fans moving forward. Yeah, I think so, mate. You, you look at some of the characters that we've got. You know, who supporters and, 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 and people that you know, you go to and you see at the game. I mean, what about Paul Brooks last week doing his, his, his mouth organ and that? I mean, all these little things. 
I think it, it's what makes being a Salford supporter. Yeah, I love, I love watching the club every week, but I think the supporters make it as well. I think the supporters really make it because everybody gets on with each other. We all sort of know each other and you see the faces. And, and um, yeah, I think, especially this, this season or the last few weeks as well, the way people have come together and doing things, and that, I've been quite emotional watching stuff. Especially when Brooksy went to Salford playing his mouth for Jackson Hastings and that. I mean, you put the video on our Facebook page, didn't you? And uh, you had me in tears watching that. So, and I think a few other people did as well. I saw people on Twitter saying that, that uh, someone had been slicing onions or something because <laughs> everyone was uh, was looking quite teary-eyed. But no, the supporters really make it and uh, make it a club to be proud of. And as you said, it's like a family. Yeah, like Ryan Wilde playing Willow, his Willow's Road song. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He never, I never melted. I was, that was like Saturday morning, just like melting. I was like, too early for this, Ryan. It's too early. You know what I mean? It was, it was beautiful. beautiful. But how many other clubs have got these characters that we've got? I don't, I don't know whether they have. I mean, they've gone about Wigan and Saints. There's been loads and loads of fans, but yeah, they might do. But I tell you what, they're not as good as ours. No. But the supporters we've got, I mean, the, the, the spirit and uh, sort of siege mentality we've got at Solver, I think it's uh, it's a joy to be part of that. I'm proud to be just just to pay a, a small little part and go and watch them every week and just be part of that family because. You know, uh, I, I couldn't think of ever going watching anybody else, Rob. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just different, isn't it? Just think it's, it's in your blood. It's in your blood from when you were a little kid, and you never lose it. You never, you're right, Paul, and you never, ever lose it. Um, the Supporters Trust have a quiz night and questions and answers uh, session on Tuesday, Paul. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that? Uh, Is that my yeah, side I... social? Is that right? Most social club? I'm not really... I'm supposed to be going. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll have to have a look on the thing. It's Where's it at? Sorry, I've never been before, so I don't know where that is. Anyway, I'll have to... It's more side social club. Okay. I know um, Andy Burgess is going to be there. Yes, I've got uh, it. Right, it's Paul Fletcher is going to be there. Yeah. And Matt Lee is going as well. That's right. Yeah, more side social club. 22nd of October, 7.30 start. Uh, join us down there with Paul Fletcher, Mark Lee, Andy Burgess. Uh, the night is free to trust members and £3 for non-members. All money raised on that will go to the reserve team. So that promises to be a, a fantastic night. Um, we're getting down there, aren't we, Paul? Yeah, yeah, I'll be going, yeah. yeah. So that'll, be a, that'll be a good night, I think. Um, obviously, make sure you can get down there because, obviously, our first social occasion... After the grand final, I'm sure people have a lot of stories to tell. I don't think we'll be having an easy night either. I think they've, <laughs> I think they're lining us up to ask questions. So we never get a night off us, do we? <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it because uh, Mark Lee's a great guy, isn't he? He'll have some fantastic stories. Andy Burgess as well, lovely fella, and and Paul Fletcher as well. What character he is, and a top player as well. So all three of them guys will, will have some stories and. Some, some time to tell about their matches for Solver. I'm going to do some stats, actually, and uh, get their playing records up, just so we can sort of top up how many games they all play collectively together, because I bet it's a few hundred. Yeah, I think people like Mark Lee and Andy Burgess, you can just kind of like, just sort of set them up and just give them the mic, and they just go, don't they? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Mark Lee, yeah, Mark Lee especially, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you talk to Mark, he's a... St. Helens lad, isn't he, by, by birth and where he's brought up, but don't class himself as a St. Helens lad, he, he looks out for Salford, doesn't he, he still sort of chats about Salford as we and, and us, doesn't he? He does, he does, and, and that's that's another thing, it's community, but it's also sort of old players who 
who never kind of escape it, do they? They they're all they always still have a, that bit of soul within them, even though they may have retired, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah, dead right, dead right, and uh, you know we've got, we've got some good players, haven't we? Like that, who, who think a lot of us, and uh, you know, I think the more we can do with ex players, especially at the supporters trust meetings, and, and even at the club next season, I'm, I'm pretty sure Paul King's a, a fantastic bloke, and I think he's, he's he welcomes ex players with open arms, and as does Ian Blees and the regime that are running the club at the, the moment, the, the custodians who are doing such a great job looking after our great club. Uh, welcoming ex-players with open arms, so I think you'll see a lot more stuff with ex-players. We can help out and, and organise things and get older players. I think the supporters love that. The supporters love seeing the, the old players there, and you know it takes them back, doesn't it? And uh, you know I think that the more we do with that, the better. Yeah. Uh, so that's all the news. Just want to go back to the the spurt, the the, the shirt sponsoring opportunities, Paul. Uh, the deadline for kind of getting your businesses artwork on the shirt is. Uh, Friday the 18th of October. Um, so obviously, if you're listening to this and you think better get a move on, uh, you need to contact hannah.kilby at soulforadevils.net. Just thought I'd give it another big shout out because I think it's important. Obviously, a lot of people will want to sort of get involved. When's the show? We're out Friday. We're recording this Thursday night, aren't we? So. It, so it'll be the early birds that normally. To, to be honest, it's, I will probably release this about midnight because I like to listen to it back and make sure we didn't we didn't say anything dodgy. And but I'll release it at midnight and then I wake up. About I don't say dodgy things. <laughs> I do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but what it is, it's like you you wake up at half seven and it's like three hundred people listen to it already while I've been in bed. It's madness, really. Um, so you never know. You never know. You know, people will be listening to this all over the world and all over the country and all over Salford and all over Manchester, and they might own a business and they might think, you know what, I'll do it, and then they'll get on the phone to the club early doors, and there you go. You never know. Didn't, I think the the, um, the listeners deserve a, a pat on the back as well, don't they, Rob, for all the the support and the kind messages they give us this season. I know we got quite a few on. On the weekend, after you put some dodgy photographs of me and you on from uh, <laughs> from Saturday night, and I felt the love of the, of the followers of the podcast. I, I mean, I know you're the same as me. Just thank them for for what they've done because without them, we wouldn't have a show, would we? And they, they listen to it and keep us going. Yeah, I think it's the kind of journey we've been on with them as well. Because obviously, we've had sound issues in in the past, but they stuck with us, and you know, now we've we've, we've kind of more people listening to us than ever before. And it's, and it's an unbelievable sort of feeling that people take time out of their lives, their busy lives, just to sort of tune in and, and listen to us talk so for a Devils for sort of an hour every week. And, you know, I can't sort of thank them enough from the bottom of my heart, really, because you know what it's like, Paul. It's, it's hard work, isn't it? It's not all, you know, <coughs> dancing and rainbows. You, you're up till the wee small hours writing match reports and match previews and, or editing podcasts or doing pictures or, or whatever. Uh, and it's, you know, the love that they do show, it makes it all worth it, doesn't it? Well, that was my grand final night. When I got home, I spent two and a half hours writing the match report because it was so hard to write. Because uh, it wasn't like any normal game. It was just, a, it was dead hard to get your emotions wrote, you know, wrote down on a bit of paper because you're not, it's always different if you're um, you know, a professional journalist and you're writing about two teams that you, you've not really got any affiliation for. But, for me, I always find writing match reports was all very difficult because you're writing on emotion as well and, and how you, you sort of feel. So, yeah, that was my, my Saturday night, actually, yeah. But, 
But no, just going back to, to, to what you said there about, about the listeners, I, I think it's been fantastic. I mean, I, I was waiting to go into the ground. I was talking to my dad and he bumped into one of his friends on uh, Saturday. And a, a lovely gentleman called to me called Graham, Graham Hughes, I think his name was. He listens to the, the podcast. I think he, he sends his three million match reports in. And he just walked over to me and said, hi, hi Paul, how are you doing? And, and introduced himself and said he was a fan of the podcast. And, and I sat in there and he started to ask my dad how his knees were. And I thought, how oh, does he know about my dad's knees? And probably because, you know, people have listened to me moaning on on the podcast about stuff. And I thought, it's, it's strange because people who you don't know tend to know a lot of things about you. And that's obvious because they listen to the show. And, and I don't know, I just thought that was really nice and, and really kind of somebody to come up to you and ask about you and, and you know, and be so nice to you. So I thank all the listeners. I think the listeners are, are great. Yeah. I bumped into one. Mez Leaf, her name is. Um, she knows Francis Leota. And she's trying to organise a, a, a sort of a, an interview with him, <coughs> which is going to, I think, it's going to be exciting. Does it? Where does it? Does he still? Does he live in this country? Or is he no, going back in Australia to... somewhere? Right. So we, we're going to have to organise that. Uh, I remember it. I can vaguely remember him in like ninety-one season, nineteen ninety-one. He's super excited about it. He's going to. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. organise that. We're going to get hold of him, really. No, like not get. I think he was him. a second. I think he played second row. Mm. I'm sure he played second. I remember him having a bit of tape now. He said. He had like very longish hair. Yeah. Cool hair. We'll get him. We'll get organised. Don't worry, Mary. We'll, we'll be yeah, on yeah. it shortly. Uh, we'll, good to me. One of our one of our off season uh, off season chats. I think we're looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait, mate. Uh, so that's all the all the news uh, coming out of Salford Devils uh, this week. And next up on the Devil in the Detail, we'll look at what's happening in the amateur scene with Paul. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report. Quite a short one this week with a lot of the amateur teams finishing. Now, the Northwest Youth League, there were no games played because of the Magic Weekend, and it's now closing down for the winter, so there's not going to be any more games in the Northwest Youth League coming up. We'll start off this week, I think, with Women's Rugby League. It was the Grand Finals on Friday night. Uh, the Super League Grand Finals played at the Totally Wicked Stadium Friday. Casford Tigers 12, Leeds Rhinos 20. Good game, that's awesome of the game on, on Sky myself. Casford led 8 points to 4 at half-time, but a really good comeback from uh, from Leeds in the second half. Fran Goldfarb there, uh, man of the match for the Rhinos. She had um, a hand in their, their victory there. So congratulations to the Rhinos ladies. 20 points to 12, they won the Super League Grand Final. The regional arena in Manchester hosted the other Grand Finals on Saturday. It was the Championship one. Warrington beat Barrow by 40 points to 4 and Keithley Albion beat Cutsike Redettes 54-12 in the League 1 final so congratulations to all the ladies there in the Grand Finals and looking forward to seeing the rest of their results and fixtures for next season when the fixtures come out the North West Lionhearts beat Germany by 24 points to 18 in an international fixture and the under-19s international were played at Twist Lane in Lee on Saturday between England and Scotland and that finished England 12, Scotland 12 Right, we'll turn our attention to Student Rugby League. On Wednesday, 9th of October, Manchester Met have beaten 24 points to 4 away from home at North Umbria A. That was in the Northern 1A division. A good result for Salford University in the Northern 2A. They beat Bangor by 38 points to 16. In College Rugby League last Wednesday, Salford Red Devils 10, Hull FC 28. And the Priestley Warrington Wolves beat the Salford Red Devils A by 30 points to 16 in Northwest Division 1. The fixtures for this coming Wednesday, the 16th of November, in the University's Northern 1A Division, it's Huddersfield against Manchester Met. And in the Northern 2A Division, UCLan play Manchester University. 
and Salford are away to Lancaster University in the Northern 2A as well. In College Rugby League in the Premier Division, it's Furness against Salford Red Devils and Leeds City are at home to Hopwood Hall. Well, there's some good news regarding the Spanish International Rugby League side. Damola Ayun Larger, I hope I've got his name right there, who plays for Salford City Roosters, he's been selected to play in the Spain squad in the European qualifiers for the 2021 Rugby League World Cup. So congratulations to him, that's a, it's a great achievement that to be picked for International Rugby League and uh, you know, best of luck in the squad with the Spanish squad. I know this is not... Um, Amateur Rugby League, but Greg Johnson has been picked for the Jamaica squad, also in the uh, in the qualifiers for the 2021 World Cup as well. Well, the final bit of amateur news this week, Saddleworth Rangers are seeking a new head coach for the 2020 season. If you are working towards or hold the current UKCC Level 2 coaching licence and you share our aspiration to be the best that you can be, please contact their club secretary, Peter Townsend. His telephone number is 078 029 08412 or you can email saddleworthrangers at hotmail.co.uk so that's a great opportunity there for anybody who's interested in becoming Saddleworth Rangers' new head coach great amateur side there and they've had a good season in the amateur ranks as well so that's all I've got for you this week I'm not sure whether I shall see you next week but uh, I'm pretty sure Rob will have some podcasts sorted out soon so take care thanks very much have a good week So, Paul, that was the end of our uh, our uh, podcast. Uh, been a really good one. Really enjoyed talking about the uh, the grand final and all the fun we had. And uh, I'm sure we'll have, we're going to have a few more in the off season, aren't we? I don't think we're going to stop dead. We're going to have a we've got stuff planned, haven't we? Regarding interviews with people. <coughs> yeah, we've got a few things lined up. Like I said, I spoke to Kevin Brown on uh, Saturday. Introduced myself and told him about me and you and what we get up to, stalking people. <laughs> yeah, Dolphins Rugby League Club. So I said, "You're on our radar now." So he he's a nice fella. Actually, does a lot of stuff in the media. Apparently, he, he said to me, uh, "Send me a message on Instagram." Is it? Oh yeah, so, uh, yeah, I can do that. He, he said he'll be in touch with us. So I don't know how Instagram works, mate. You have to tell me all that. Well, he's just working Twitter. So uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure we can get in touch with him, and uh, that that'll be really good. Obviously, we've got new players coming as well. It'd be nice to get in touch with a few of the new players before the season starts as well. And, I'll find out what makes them tick and uh, you know, all they're looking forward to next season. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Definitely, definitely. I'll, I'll miss the, the podcast when we, we stop doing them. We'll, we'll probably carry on for a couple of weeks, won't we, before we have our, our break? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think we'll we'll stop dead, Paul. We, we've got we've got stuff to talk about, haven't we? We certainly have. I think the amateur reports might dry up a bit now because more or less <clears throat> most of the stuff is is done now. I've got internationals and, and bits and bobs like that. Mm. To, most of the national conference leagues have done now for the for the winter. I think I think in off season you just get to talk about other things. You've got um, Salford Uni, you know Tyrone. Yeah, we've got Brown. the college rugby league as well. Yeah. yeah. So that you know, there, I think probably be more pop ups than than full blown podcasts. Um, but we shall see. You know, I think it's like I said, it kind of becomes an occasion isn't it? every week. You you yeah. talk about Salford, you know, with you every week and. No, it's, it becomes a, it's a really, really good thing. Um, talking about our sort of Instagram, we are on Instagram. Uh, we're Dev Under Detail SRD on Instagram. Okay. Uh, we've got nearly 500 followers on Instagram. It is. Quite well. Uh, really. His wife uh, went on a course on how to use Instagram and you know all the t- sneaky tips and stuff. So she feeds me kind of information on what to put on there. 
Like with Facebook stories. You ever, ever heard of Facebook stories? I've seen them, but I don't know what you do. Yeah, it's kind of, I think it's like Instagram, but on Facebook, it's kind of you know, the moment when Facebook's more about your finished product, when Facebook stories is a bit more like Instagram, where it's just about the here and now. So I'm kind of playing with that a little bit at the moment to see what we can get out of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Facebook, but since I've not been on much the last few weeks. Well, since the playoffs, really, I've not been on. I've just bobbed on here, here and there and tend to find like, loads of notifications and things like that. You know, I can't keep up with it. A lot of it's stuff that's a bit irrelevant to me, but I end up having to read through it. And I don't know, it takes a lot of time up, so I, I don't always go on it. So um, I need to do really because I've not done much on the, um, the sort of an anorex page for a while. I'll have to get some more oral photographs posted on there, but I've not had a lot of time recently working. Maybe, so uh, like I said, I've not had a day off since the grand final I've been in, so I'm looking forward to Saturday, Sunday off this week and uh, getting a busy time though for us at work now, you see. So yeah. Everybody's boiler start breaking now. I, I get loads of friends this time, yeah. Get people phoning you up, you've not spoken to in about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Paul, do you remember me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me boiler broke, come and have a look at it. <laughs> yeah. I suppose, you know, I suppose everyone, everyone has an off-season, don't they? Yeah. Um, and I suppose... Don't know really. My life doesn't really change in the off season really. Just obviously I don't really we don't do this podcast as often. Um and it's good to spend a bit more time with your family really. You know, like so because there's not match reports to do or videos to create or pictures to create all the time. Um but like you say, players need off seasons and, and we do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well I am a bit like that. You'll stop doing stuff but you don't stop thinking about so no. talk about so because I'll I'll bore me two girls with it. <laughs> I'll bring Salford into everyday life or they'll say something, oh, I used to play for Salford, you know, someone's name or something. Mm. It's, it's always there. It's always there in the background. It always pops up in conversation. That's what <laughs> they, just laugh, they just laugh at me now, though. Yeah. <laughs> but then that's what it is. It's about, it's about like you say, it's, it's part of you, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and even though the season finishes, it doesn't go away, does it? No, really? it never goes away, mate. It never yeah. goes away. And that's a good thing because you don't... Wait, Especially now, because the the love's back in it. Everyone's you know up for it. You know, the love that. never went away, mate. No, <laughs> no, but it did it did wane a little bit. And when, when we, it did with some people, yeah. To be fair, but you know we've all found that love again now, and you know we're all ready for the for the next uh, next chapter. Yeah, yeah, really excited for it, mate. It seems um, I was thinking about it the other day. It seems strange, don't it? Twenty twenty season. It sounds like the space age, doesn't it? Twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. It's like. Uh, Expecting Buck Rogers to come out with the team next season. It's it's a mystical sort of year, and it's twenty twenty. It is. It could be. I say twenty nineteen is not over yet for us. No podcast, but you know twenty twenty could be even bigger. That hopefully, if people keep you know keep listening and keep sharing us with all the friends and you know re- improving our reach, um, it'd be you know it's it could go bigger and bigger and bigger. We need to sort our devil in the detail night out as well, don't we? This is true, we do. Um, we'll organise that near Christmas, I think, maybe. Okay. Yeah, we need to sort out that Player of the Year award as well. But we'll do we that do. next week. Well, we'll do it on the next week, next one. And then maybe next week's podcast. Waiting for one of our winners to get back to us with some audio. Say thank you. So hopefully we'll get that and then we can roll with our awards and we can go off who won and who didn't win. For all our so that's the end of this week's podcast, Paul. Another great show. Yeah, enjoyed it, mate. Really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, have a nice uh, rugby league free weekend. Yeah, big thanks for tuning to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. 
I'm Ron Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>